Hey everyone, it's Nick here, and welcome to Connectivity 200. Today, uh, for the special 200th episode, we're doing things a little bit different. We have a few different segments for you today. Starting off, we have a newscast reunion. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the newscast was the previous incarnation of uh, Connectivity, basically. And after that, we move into a short listener mail segment uh, with myself and Adam. And then we will be finishing up with a new episode of Themesters, and this one uh, uses music from the Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow games. So I hope you enjoy the episode. We did have plans to have a Jeopardy segment with uh, Zach and Scott and a few other people, but technical reasons, uh, we have had to abort that segment, but we should be able to bring that to you in a few weeks' time, hopefully. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and... See you in another couple of weeks. Welcome to NWR Newscast. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and you're probably wondering what the fuck this is. Uh, well, first off, I'm Neil Ronahan, and join with me are my other newscast regulars, Andy Gergen. I'm a regular. Zach Miller. So am I. And Nathan Mustafa. Yeah, real regular. Yep. Uh, so, for people who have no idea about this, they're wondering why uh, Connectivity 200 has this newscast thing attached to it. Uh, Connectivity used to be newscast back in the long, long ago of 2011. Ironically, the last episode of Connectivity, or the last episode of newscast, was posted on my wedding day. Nice. So, because <laughs> I, I went and checked it, and I was like, huh, that's weird. Why Congratulations, that, why young that, man. Why is that date sticking but out to me? us getting back together has nothing to do with episode 200. It has more to do with a sequel to Deer Basement coming out. And uh, we had to get oh, Nathan to, to talk about it. <laughs> I thought, I thought uh, Neil got divorced, maybe, and he's finally allowed to get <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, connectivity is coming into newscast. The wedding's done. Oh, the marriage boy. is over. Honeymoon's over. But anyway, so Newscast was this thing that we did before Connectivity that, uh, you know, eventually, after 69 episodes, <laughs> not intended, uh, then Newscast became Connectivity, we changed it a little bit, and now we have 200 episodes of Connectivity. All in all, the Newscast Connectivity train has been going on for <laughs> almost seven years. That's insane. Last, which is uh, six and a half. In insane. the last episode of Newscast... We introduced Scott and then quickly drove him away. Yep. Scott lasted like two or three years. Scott was around for maybe half of the existence of this show. Yeah. Which, considering that he was a driving force of it for a while, is weird. But but uh, there was some talk. I, I looked up some old emails from early 2011, which would have been a couple months before Newscast turned into Connectivity. And that was that was around the time where we stopped caring about the news. Yep. Which uh, that's that's kind of what happens whenever you do a news focused show. Just go over and uh, on YouTube on NWR TV and watch uh, Nintendo News Report and <laughs> find out what happens when you cover news for a year 
on a show, you get bored of it yeah. really quickly. <laughs> so we were coming up with ideas, uh, names for a show that newscast would turn into. And I went through the emails and I got a list of all of the names that we came up with. Oh, Jesus. So oh, I'm just no. going to go down this. The Kids Table. Nice. The uh... Podcast. Nintendo Pirate Radio. Podcast Does What Nintendo. <laughs> Zachary Miller's Boobs Cast. Withered Technology. <laughs> NWR Love Hotel. NWR Sausage Fest. <laughs> Player Two Podcast. <laughs> Gaming with the Stars. <laughs> Off Topic Cast featuring Nathan Mustafa. <laughs> NWR Jiggle Cast. Stereoscopic 2D. It's like Avatar without the visuals. <laughs> Four guys, one giant black mic. Backwards compatible. Third pillar. Bramble pelt. <laughs> what? Nintendo Week. And Dark Gary Nation. Oh. And going back to that, actually, the last one hurts. Withered technology was something that got bandied about for about a week before we just stopped talking about it altogether. Uh, but yeah, that's we that's, had uh, so what, many. I like third pillar. Third thing. pillar still rings true. Yeah, the kids' <laughs> table is one of my favorites. Who came up with connectivity? That might have been Scott. Like I, yeah, I yeah. feel like it might have been Scott or Sklens. Yeah. How, how do we not get Scott back for this? We should have gotten Scott back. For uh, he he actually oh, he's is going to be on he's, Jeopardy. Uh, there's a Jeopardy episode. Yeah, I suppose. Jeopardy segment on this episode. Okay, fair enough. Well, I had... All right. I had a... Is that your surprise, Neil? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good surprise. Neil and I both prepared, like, small segments that we didn't tell anyone else about. So, uh, I wanted to... uh, In in the history of uh, newscast having all these quiz shows, I wanted to put a little little time-based quiz out there for you guys. We'll go through these pretty quickly. Um, The last time... That we recorded a podcast together as a foursome was Connectivity episode 100. In the days wow. since, how many Super Mario mainline platformers have been released? <laughs> are, are we, we considering kind of like, like 3D, 3D, and 2D? I would count 3D, 2D, and Mario Maker. Three. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Well, yeah, three. Name them, Neil. 3D World, Super Mario Maker. Why well, are you are you counting? No, no, like I think, I think it's just Super two. Mario Bros. Two. That came out before. Pretty sure that was before. I I, I think I it's count two. two. I, I count think two. it's 3D World and Mario Maker. I think that's correct. I was thinking 3D Land initially, but that would have been too wow. close. Oh. Let's turn the uh, let's turn the topic over to television. How many new episodes of the te- television show The Office? have aired since the last time we did this. Oh my god. The whole show? <laughs> <laughs> like like ten? Uh zero. Correct ten, answer is the office end. Correct answer is zero. Nathan's got okay. it. Oh wow. The show ended in April. But yeah, I won't right. I won't say when we recorded because that's 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 uh that's cheating. <laughs> um what was the number one movie at the box office? You're never gonna get this, just FYI. Transformers 4. No. Uh, no. The correct answer is One Direction, This Is Us. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I think my wife watched that. Including Connectivity 100, how many episodes of Newscast have there been before tonight? 70. Yup. Neil's got it. 
Yeah. Just 69 is very easy to remember. The last <laughs> time we did this, what was the last Nintendo handheld or console released? The XL. That's right. Neil's got yeah. it. What was the last mainline Pokemon game that was released? Black and White 2. Yes. Zach gets it first. And then finally, within within 20, can any of you name how many days have passed since the last time we did this? Um. Here's a, here's a hint. September 1st, 2013. Okay. Why are you making me do math? <laughs> two and a half years. 750. 919. Holy Damn. shit! 919 you know days. Is, is after episode 100, we were like, hey man, we should do this sometime regularly. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then bonus round, how many times have I moved since the last time we did this? <laughs> Twice! Uh, Twice is right. Oh. Yay! Everyone wins a bonus prize. You know what's prize. funny? I think I've also moved twice. <laughs> I think you have, yeah, I actually. Think you have. Oh, jeez. We should do this every time we move twice. Uh, <laughs> all right, so hopefully it won't be a very long time. <laughs> See you all in 2018. Every, yeah, everybody here owns a house. Hopefully mm-hmm. we're in them for a while, oh, I guess. Jesus, I hope. Uh, we're, uh, we're due for a big earthquake in California, so uh-oh. we'll see. Yeah, that might hit Alaska, too. Moving in. Yeah, yeah, we're waiting on the big next big one. Yep. <laughs> the whole plate's going under. Yep. So, should we move on to listener mail? Let's do sure. it. Alright, um, I guess, do, do we each want to read one? or just? Yes. Sure. Yes, we do. Alright. Um, you go first, Neil. Want... Alright. Kasaki Project writes, It's the internet's Kasaki Project here. <laughs> Kasaki Project. Foremost. Love you guys and miss the old days. Yeah. We miss them, too. So I have some stuff for your reunion. All right, I'm gonna. This is this is Neil speaking. I'm gonna let's go these one at a time. First and foremost, Nate, what's the best metal song in a Nintendo game? Okay, I didn't I didn't read this beforehand. So uh, <laughs> if I were to cheat, I would say uh, I, I would be able to pick a song out of Brutal Legend, which is uh, kind of comp- the soundtrack's comprised of actual, you know, artists um, or, Not or you know, you know popular. Oh, oh my goodness. If I were to read the question, it's got to be a, it's got to be one of the Kirby games. Then all of the answers I yes. prepared are bogus. Um, <laughs> crap! Can, how about how about something that appeared on a how about something that appeared on a Nintendo platform? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a licensed song. It just just, yeah, be a it just metal says Nintendo too. game. I mean, well, there's a lot of variants. Okay, then, then I'll give it to like the Shade Man theme. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, I like that. All right. Zach, what's the best cleavage in a Nintendo game? Uh, recently, friend of the show, Travis Brody, in an attempt to get me to buy the game, twittered me a screenshot from Fire Emblem Fates of some busty woman. In that a, sounds about right. Huh? That sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, in, in some kind of, I don't know, armor. Armor. And how I about, thought, that's pretty good for a Nintendo game. How about Code of Princess? Yeah, that's pretty good, too. I guess really, <laughs> really anything from Atlas, I guess, probably, huh? Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, pretty much anything from Atlas. Um, previous to that, I probably would have said... Um, Senran Kaguya. Kaguya Nanbu from... Oh, Senran. Of course! <laughs> Senran wins! I'm surprised, I'm surprised it wasn't that, and then a mic drop. <laughs> I had to think about it for a little while. I, I have say to there, have there are no winners in this category. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, 
tell us again about how great Zombie You is in your dream sequel for NX. Uh, I just want to mention that I still own the game and haven't touched it. Well, it's because you hate zombies. It is. That's that's a big part of it, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a real big part of it. Uh, It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, Probably my favorite launch game, at least my favorite third-party launch game. That's for damn sure. Um, There won't be no Dream sequel for NX. They may make another one and put it on PS4, and I might buy it there. (laughs) I actually picked up the PC version of this for Steam, um, and you know what? Turns out, you can play it without a second screen. It's just fine. I posted in Miiverse mm-hmm. once that they should uh, update the game on its one-year anniversary, uh, or it's the, the first anniversary of its Halloween, I guess, the first Halloween, and add off-screen play, because I wanted to play it, and off-screen play was easier. And I got like a shit ton of Miiverse comments saying, you can't do that. You'd ruin the experience if you took away the second screen. Yeah, fuck you. What, what it's if it fine. came with a uh, VR backpack fine. to rifle through? A VR backpack. There yeah. you go. It turns out maybe maybe that's where maybe that's where zombie will show up next is in a VR game. It turns out that like sure. if you want to recreate the experience of having like being vulnerable while you rummage through your backpack, you just put a little screen in the bottom corner that shows your dude rummaging through a backpack while you go through your menu. Yep. Ooh, oh. boy, I solved world problems. Like, Jesus, come on, people. Uh, Zombie U is great. There'll probably be another, or there'll probably never be another one on NX. Uh, if they do make another one, I'm sure it'll be on PS4 and Steam, and that's where I will play it. But my hopes are not up. And honestly, like, as much as I really enjoyed that game, every time I've tried to go back to it, I've never been able to stick with it. Um, although, I do tend to finish it again one of these days. I'm, like, probably, like, three or four hours through on my, uh, my Steam play. Just kind of, just kind of got a little stalled on it. I'll go back to it one of these days. It's so good. Nathan doesn't like it because it's a roguelike. It's not a roguelike. Uh, it's not really a roguelike. It has roguelike elements. You yeah, lose all but... your shit when you die. You do, but you can get it back. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to go kill the zombie that was created from your dead character, and then you get your stuff back. But if you die on the way back to get your backpack, then it's gone. So you have one like shot. Shovel Knight. Yeah, 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 exactly. You have yeah. one shot to get your shit back, and if you fail to get your shit back, your shit's gone. I, okay. Zach, I do enjoy roguelike uh, mechanics when they're applied to a good game. Sure. Oh. Oh. Finally, Neil. Bam! Uh, all right, finally, me. How do you feel about Metroid Prime Federation Force looking like Destiny for Babies? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm totally okay with this. The game looks very fun. It looks terrible. That is looks fine. Awful. I'm talking about, like, if literally the... The visuals, I, I don't like the uh, the cheapy style at all. No, not at all. Yeah, I especially like especially because it's supposed to take place in the same universe as Metroid Prime Two. Right. I haven't watched the direct yet, so I can't talk. But I will play this game as much as I played Triforce Heroes. The the thing that so not the, at all. The just thing to say that not made at all. me laugh in that direct trailer was that the the things you're controlling are actually mech suits with giant heads. But the dudes who get in the mech suits also have chibi-fied giant heads. Yeah. <laughs> They're made in the image That's of their creator, dumb. Zach. They, uh... Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Samus. I, I want to play so. a game starring. What... I want to play a game starring the Chozo, where the goal of the game is to not go extinct. <laughs> I, I like the art style of it's a survival uh, horror game. I, I don't see why they couldn't have you know just up kind of yeah. Up like yeah, since this is basically a sequel, right? I mean. When I when I look at Metroid Prime Federation Force, like kind of not, 
I don't disagree with anything shitting on the art style. I don't really, like, I'd rather have a realistic-looking art style, but I'd also have a game that runs very smoothly. But, like Nathan said, they did that already. It was called Metroid Prime Hunters. It was on inferior technology. Yeah. How, like, what happened that they can't do right. that? Now, right, now the, they have the opportunity with the uh, new 3DS. If they really wanted to amp it up and, you know, you've got the CirclePad Pro built into it, I think they could have done yeah. a really good job with it. And it just doesn't look... Um, it doesn't look like something that would get me into the Metroid Prime franchise, and it and it certainly doesn't look like something that's for people who enjoy it. Maybe it'll be a great game, but just I, I just mean visually, um, it really doesn't jive with kind of what we've seen from the franchise. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the new 3DS, Nathan, because in the uh, in the extended apology that they played before the trailer for this game, uh, they said. We didn't think we'd be able to actually make this game and make it run, but then the new 3DS solved that problem. Well, it's not it's not uh, a new 3DS so just, exclusive, is it? Well, I no. don't know. No, it's not. I think it's just new 3DS. You just have even even bigger oh, okay. TV heads on the new 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> More polygons and dim heads. I don't mind cartoony graphics. You know, I, I love Wind Waker. It, this just doesn't look like something someone put a lot of a thought into. If there's anything that I learned from Kid Icarus Uprising, it's that I don't want to play a competitive multiplayer shooter on the 3DS. No, thank you. The funny thing is that if there's anything I learned from Kid Icarus Uprising, is that I want to do that. Well, then you are in <laughs> luck, sir. <laughs> Kid Icarus Uprising, that, that was incredible. There is a game I just for you game. coming out around the corner. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm excited for Federation Force, and there's there's a good number of people on staff, no one here, that <laughs> is also excited for it, and I imagine we'll have fun playing it. Uh, multiplayer, even if we have to open up Skype to talk to each other. Now, once it fails spectacularly, are we going to start? We're going to start calling it Federation Farce, right? I mean, that probably works. If someone, uh, how many people do you think will have Federation Farce in like their abstracts for reviews? Ooh, lots, yeah, quite a lots. <laughs> it's like how every Wii game, or well, every Wii U game that comes out from now on, will it'll be the Wii U swan song. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like we've reached that point. Like with the Wii, it was like Xenoblades, the Wii Swan Song, well, the Skyward Sword, the Wii Swan Song, the Last Story, the and, Wii and Swan before Song. That, it was this is a really great game, but is it a good Wii U game? Wii U game, yeah. My yeah. God. But like, I, I've already heard people referring to like, oh, Paper Mario is going to be the Wii U Swan Song, Zelda Wii U. I'm like, all right, you know, the Wii U is probably going to have another year of games come out with it, whether or not the NX comes out. Um, like this, like I think it's going to come out in 2016, but even if it did not, like I think we've got, like I think the Wii U will be a supported system until 2017, and we're already at the point where everything is its last game ever. Right. I don't know. I, I didn't like the multiplayer footage they showed. I certainly didn't like the the voices that accompanied it. Um, yeah, the, the, the voice, like. It still kind of boggles my mind that they seem to not have any fucking clue as to how to market this game. Yeah, it, we're still talking about Federation. Force, yeah, right? it just looks yeah. so generic. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you, you look at it, if if you ask someone to draw, you know, draw me draw me a, a you know a cute looking space marine, Four. you know, n- number one. <laughs> now make this guy's visor blue. Now make this guy's visor green. You know, it just I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. This is not I'm, I'm what so I want for. out of a Metroid game. I don't want them. 
I don't want to play multiplayer on the 3DS really at all. I didn't really like the four swords, the free one they gave us. I, it was a fun, it was okay. Like I just don't want to play multiplayer on that. This system. is that's this not is why I have it. Andy, Andy, get in your the car. Guy that tweets Smash 3DS every other week. Okay, that's different because <laughs> Smash is incredible, so it can be done. Andy, Andy, get in your damn car, drive here. We'll play some Triforce Heroes. I'm sure that would be and great. You'll be like, Honestly. oh no, this is really fun. It's just that I'll never have the right. chance to do this. You yeah. know, here's another strike against the art style in Federation Force: uh, is that we live in a world where Monster Hunter Four exists. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that game's awesome. And it looks really also, and it's yeah, it looks great. Yeah, and it's 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 totally pushing the 3ds to its limits, but I don't understand why Metro Prime Federation Force couldn't right. do the same if it's not because it, because it looks like they're That's because it saying. looks like they're not putting that much effort into it. And may may we find yeah. out that you know it, it's got a great you know single player component and um, you know it's something that you can really sink your teeth into, but it, it just doesn't seem like that. Yeah, we should, uh, we, we'll find out soon enough. I think it's going to be out within the next three months. So oh, we should we should move spring. on to the next letter probably huh yeah uh, so who's got Alex from Third Ray Minion who's going to read that one hello newscast I'm not sure whether this will make it to the newscast but I figure why not ask some questions I'm sure we've all asked before with Nintendo with Nintendo's pushing more towards indie games to bolster its lineup do you think Nintendo will push for engine parity faster will they have indie games pushed at all at E3 or focus entirely on their bigger hitters. I think I, I think they'll do what they've done at most E3s, where they'll have like a token indie game or three, and like a trailer. Sizzle reel. Yeah. I mean, at this they point, they didn't even indie... have a sizzle reel for the North American Direct. Yeah, that was weird. That yeah. was like the first time that's ever happened where they haven't had an indie showing I mean, at, at a direct. At this point, indie games are their entire third-party lineup. Uh, I think the real yeah. question is: Will indie games continue to pursue Nintendo? Have very many of them done well enough? Like, I mean, Shovel Knight obviously did really, really well, but, I mean... Affordable Space Adventures apparently did very well. I, I was talking on Twitter with people about it, and I was just like, that couldn't have done well. And then the developer was like, no, nah, actually, we're real happy. I'm like, okay. That's good. Hmm. Like, I just feel like I, I... I feel like I've heard stories that it's just not worth people's time to keep putting games on Wii U, but I don't I've know. I've heard I mean, that, too. Yeah, I, I have as well. From from primary sources, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, maybe you should make I mean, maybe you should make your games as good as Shovel Knight, and there won't be a problem. I, I do think it's kind of a no brainer that they'll feature indie games pretty heavily in their E3 presentation, or, or at least you know have one that you know they really push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a Shovel Knight, whatever's sure. next from Yacht Club Games. Shovel Knight sixty four. Yeah, yeah, Super Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight Galaxy. That's I can't, <laughs> I can't beat the boss rush at the end. The, the boss rush is a bitch. Wait, I got Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight, or Plague of Shadows? Shovel Knight. Wow, I beat the boss rush, and sho- boss rush, and Shovel Knight, but I could never beat it in New Game Plus. Yeah, that's what. Oh, that's I what couldn't I either. Though, screw that, because you don't get any health. You get you get some health. You get health like every other boss, I think, in the, in the oh. boss rush. I play RPGs. or maybe like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um. Even the stuff of the European Direct that they showed off was like Super Meat Boy. Right. Pixel Junk Monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all this stuff that came out literally generations Five ago. Years ago. Wait, Meat Boy is coming to yeah. Wii U? Yeah. You yeah, know, this spring, apparently. But it's I think, the, like, the shitty soundtrack <laughs> version. Oh yeah. my. That's, that's <clears throat> what I, I didn't. 
I didn't realize how much the soundtrack mattered to me in Meat Boy until I think I got the PS4 version on PlayStation Plus, yeah. and I and I played it up, and I was like, I I can't do this. No, like that that soundtrack for the 360 version is sublime. You need it. The, I know the uh, Binding of Isaac was coming to Wii U, but yeah, I haven't heard. Yeah, I, had, I don't think I heard about Meat yeah. Boy. Anyway, Binding of Isaac, and then, and then, Wii U is supposedly the good version. The one that doesn't crash all the time. Yeah. Right. Did this 3DS version ever get patched? It's gotten patched three times. And I don't think it's been fixed. It's mm. still not totally fixed. It's part of the roguelike elements. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crashed. Hey, why not? <laughs> Alright, next letter. Carl writes... Wait, hey guys, don't I get to read one? No. Well, there's we one have, after We have Carl. four of them. I know, there's four. Each of us reads you get, one. You get time. Yeah, I'm sorry, do you want Carl? There's, there's, there's an one. I mean, uh, sorry, sorry. Zach does. I just thought I would. Zach does. I, I thought I would keep shit moving, but Zach was like, "Nope, Zach <laughs> stop does. the presses." Zach is hell bent on interrupting every single question. <laughs> uh, All right, Zach, yeah. you read Carl's. All right, Carl Casaneda from Crosstalk.com with a W writes, uh, "Hey guys, long time listener, first time writer. Just wondering with." Pro- I haven't read this. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with Project Cafe probably releasing next year, how soon do you think it'll be before we get some HD Zelda? I mean, can you imagine how cool that would be as a launch title? We saw how well Twilight Princess did as a Wii launch title, so can you imagine taking down Moblins and Boko Blends? Bokoblins? That's as a thing. In it's sharp as hell 1080p? Hell yeah, baby! Hopefully it won't be more than a year or two before that happens. <coughs> Nintendo wouldn't be so stupid to hold that off until 2016, right? Right? Ha ha, let's laugh at things that are ridiculous. Like the possibility of a multiplayer Metroid game that doesn't have voice chat like 10 years after Metroid Prime Hunters. Ha <laughs> ha what an unlikely scenario. Anyway, go Romney 2012. <laughs> That's the best that's piece the best. of listener mail we've ever received. <laughs> to be fair, it's one of four pieces of listener mail we've ever received. <laughs> I know, this is like more listener mail than we got in the entirety of our, our, our And then like three-fourths of the people are people that have contributed to the website, um, two of which were long-time staffers. Yeah. <laughs> HD Zelda's uh, gonna rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean... I'm really excited for Zelda Wii U, but yeah, like that that needed to come out yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, it, but then they got that Twilight sweet remake. Cash. Then again, I I don't want to play uh, run through this endless field picking up apples and sometimes peaches simulator. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I oh, so you haven't played point, Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, I mean that's what I worry about with Zelda is that I feel like Nintendo especially that team, might be like looking at the open world games that were successful four years ago and being like, what's <laughs> that? And it's like, no, we're already all tired of that. If I, if I have to climb to a fucking tower in Zelda Wii U, right. I might lose my mind. Because I'm I'm so excited for this game. This is whenever we've done like the hype lists on the site and stuff. It has been my top. Really? Are I you so wait. excited about it? I, I just... I, Zelda games, man. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I expect to... I'm probably like, going to temper my expectations so much. Yeah. I love Skyward Sword. I love Twilight Princess. I love Wind Waker. I love Majora's Mask 3D. I love Ocarina of Time. There is basically so nothing I love more than consoles, all the games. I will take off like probably three days off work when this comes out. Yeah, <laughs> like I will sit and I will like turn into a like 
of gelatinous cube over the span of three days <laughs> as I just melt into my chair playing this game. Like, I'm so... And, you know, I don't care if they make me climb up a tower and collect 100 flags in the middle of a field. Like, I don't care. If, if As long as they have that, that music, that overworld music, I'm set. I'm Maybe so you can, Andy. Andy, this is why we're friends. <laughs> yep. Maybe when you get <laughs> to the exact t- reason, it's like... I think there's a lot of bullshit in Zelda games. Like, having played Twilight Princess recently and Twilight Princess 8. Oh, yeah. There's so much um, bullshit in those games. There's a lot of bullshit in that game. But, like, those dungeons are real fun. I love the weapons. Like, the world is great. The music is fantastic. It, you, who cares if there's nothing to do See, on like, the when push comes to shove, this is why I don't hold you any grudges for liking uh, Federation Forces so much. Uh, there's some bullshit in every Nintendo franchise. And I'm no, willing no. to look past the ones in the franchises that I care about. So, I just, uh, Zelda I just 2016. Don't want that BS stretched out over, you know, a map the size of New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> I liked that Skyward Sword was so tightly designed. I, the world was very dense. It felt big in in, in many ways. It, it was actually a probably a very small world compared to what we're going to get with this next Zelda. But yeah. it, it, everything in that world had, you know, served a purpose, whether, whether it was visually or functionally. And they reused I don't think too. we're going to see that in this game. No, I don't think I so. I mean, I, I think it's it's that everybody hated Skyrim. As a general rule, the reception to Skyward Sword was negative and critical. And I have a feeling that we're going to see Nintendo do kind of what they did with Twilight Princess. Overcorrect? To, overcorrect. Yeah, over, I think they're going to overcorrect. Learn the and wrong I, lessons. <laughs> and I don't know what those wrong lessons are going to be. With Twilight Princess, I think those wrong lessons were, we're just going to do Ocarina of Time again, which... Twilight Princess is still a fantastic game. I'm not saying anything wrong about that, but when push comes to shove, it's Twilight Princess is the format of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah. again. As long as they yeah. don't have any, I yeah. guess if they if they axe the Soul Grape collecting stealth mini game, I, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, even... Yeah, I think I think it's going to be like The Witcher Three in Zelda form. I don't think Nintendo knows how to make no, that. No, they don't. No. But I think they're going to I think Sky, I mean I, I I think Skyrim is going to be a huge influence on that game cuz Skyrim was the game that came out alongside Skyward Sword that just ate Skyward oh. Sword's lunch. But like okay. all of those games you're comparing it to are all western developed games. I don't think Nintendo has any idea how to even That's begin. also true. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. That's so true, if they true. try that God. it's going to be strange. It's gonna be Man, I, fuck I mean, this conversation. I, I went from being so hyped about Zelda Wii U to being like, it's probably gonna suck. I'm just hoping for, <laughs> in, in the sense of an open Zelda, I'd rather just see something that's a little closer to, like, Okami. Yeah. yeah. Except for not as long. Like, maybe have it just yeah, end the first Yeah, just time. end halfway. Uh, like, like I did when I played Okami. <laughs> I went, oh, that <laughs> wasn't the ending. I, <laughs> I'm turning off the game. <laughs> that's, that's what I eventually did, and I, I now look fonder on that game, because I was just like, well, I guess I need to finish it. Nah. And, oh my god, yeah. that... That's a good. Like, that's an interesting angle to take. It would be cool to see a a directed Zelda game rather than a more open world Zelda game. I mean, I know well, that's kind of been Zelda's well, thing kind of since the NES, Sword. but yeah. you know, it'd be cool to see more of a story driven. Uh, and, and Okami was. Hey still, Zach, Zach, Okami you should play open. Skyward Sword. Like that's what Skyward Sword was. It was a very directed game. You son of a Skyward bitch. Skyward Sword play. feels like a bit of a throwback to like the Oracle games, where everything everything on the on the overworld was super compact, and like mm-hmm. just getting around from area to area was is a puzzle in and of itself. And honestly, 
that's not really what I enjoy about Zelda games. I really you love found a raspberry. This is what a raspberry does. <laughs> find seven raspberries um, and turn them into a pouch. That's my. It's my favorite town in a Zelda game ever. Which wow. town? Oh, uh, Skyloft. Yeah. Oh, Skyloft is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like I mean, I I love Skyward Sword, and I, I mean, I mean, talking talking about that, and I remember, I don't think I actually mentioned it in the review because it didn't really matter to me. One of the disappointments, kind of looking back at it more, is like the the sky that you would explore that I thought would be like, oh, maybe it'll be like the ocean and Wind Waker. Like it really wasn't. It just kind of sucked. Yeah, it was. Pretty but bland. for me. I got, you know, 40 hours of playtime out of that game. Didn't really get too much into the Sky stuff. And it didn't matter. No. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll like, tell you what, Neil. It was a I'll big make you a pro- I'll make you a promise yeah. right now. This weekend, I will restart Skyward Sword. I'll do it with you. And I will play through it until I can't stand it anymore. We should. We should I will like try that. to beat it. Maybe we should we should motivate each other. Let's do that. Can we put a can we so, put an hourly minimum on this? Like it has to be minimum ten. Yeah, hours. so you don't just cop yeah. out and say I can't stand this anymore. Because that's what you that's fucking gonna... did in the first place, yeah. you son of a bitch. I beat the first dungeon, and then what's her face did her ice skating dance, and I was like, <laughs> what is happening right now? But no, I actually remember, I actually quit because we got scene? something else. At least I she's not singing else. a song about the ocean's gray waves. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we'll get there soon enough. Anyways, um, <laughs> go Romney 2012. Oh, I do want to say one thing about Twilight Princess HD because you brought up Twilight Princess. I've been enjoying reading reviews of it and and watching as all the reviewers remember how horrible Ordon Village was. Because <laughs> they all mention it. Do you want to know something funny? Replaying it, don't hate Ordon Village as much. Really? Because really? it's it's not really it's not as long and laborious as I remember. Oh, okay. Because I, I remember that it, used to be your it, big knock against the game. Yeah. Because I would try to replay it and I'd get stuck there. And I think what might have helped me here is that like there was no stop. I was reviewing it, so I had to get past oh. it. Yeah. So I just basically like just mainlined it, got through it. I mean it's still I think the the, like the the time to first dungeon is like two hours, which is not great. Right. But but like it's not as bad as I remember it. Okay. It's still too long. But people people like myself a couple years ago made it out to be this grave offense, and like it, you can get hung up on it, but it's not that bad. What is that bad? Is that I mean, just the the first three dungeons in general in that game, I think, are the worst part of the game. Oh. Because once you get to that backhand, like, I think basically once you get to, like, Arbiter's Grounds, then that game just, it's, it's amazing from, from, from that. There's a the lot. To I, really like the, uh, I, like the I, I really like the, uh, I really like the, the Fire Temple. Yeah. Desert's with, great. With the Magnet fire, fire Temple is the best of those first three. Yeah. I think, I think the Lake Bed Temple, the water one, is, is okay. I think the Forest Temple is okay. I think that, um, I think. I think the thing that people d- seem to forget of being really slow and long is before is the distance between the fire temple and the water temple mm-hmm. between dungeons two and three. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the part that I think is is the slowest and the worst. I, I, because there's a lot of like where you need to like mm-hmm. control a bird. How about collecting and, those tears before you get into the um, what is it before you is it before you thaw 
the uh, the the waterfall area. Yeah, like, yeah one of the no, tiers is like all the way in the freaking castle. Yep. It takes forever to track it down. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And yeah, and I mean that's that's I, I think that's the worst part of the game. I'm tempted yeah. to get it just to not have to worry about the waggle and the stupid people complain about the waggle, but that is nothing compared to the Wii remote noises. <laughs> mm. Which oh yeah, that was really cool for like a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then if you noticed, it went yeah, away. Yeah, when you had it set up in the in the living room, and you know everyone was like, oh wow, yeah. that's amazing. And then they make you move it from the living room because it's so damn annoying. <laughs> I will probably buy the game eventually because I will I buy Zelda games. It's sort right. of a thing that I do. But I mean, I just played the GameCube version of it like less than six months ago, and then and then I sold it to Neil. <laughs> uh, and like, who, who didn't play it and just played the Wii version? I mean, the the GameCube version is great. Like, yeah, you miss some of the little things like the tilt control and the and the aiming of the arrows is a lot easier on the Wii version. But mm-hmm. the, GameCube version is great, and I will probably get it eventually. But I'm clearly not gonna rush out and get it. But and the yeah. Wii U one is the GameCube version, right? Yeah, is it so mirrored? Kind of why I might well get it. I mean, it's it, the Wii U version is it's the best version of the game. Is, is the map kind of ha- mirrored like like the Wii version, or is it? It's the GameCube version. If you do Hero Mode, then it's like the Wii version. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I mean, it's it's the best of both worlds because it's. GameCube controls, but you can do like the tilting, like you could do in Wind Waker, Majora's Mask, and Ocarina. Does it even give you the option yes. to control with the Wii Remote? Uh, no, not at all. Nice, good. The only motion controls is <laughs> like the tilting to when you're aiming in first person. That's it. Cool. All it's right. really good. That's also what what you've been reviewing for me. <laughs> Tyler writes. Just curious. Do odd control schemes? Speaking of odd control schemes. Make a game more or less interesting to you. There's something about a game's controls bucking the trend that intrigues me. Kid, Kid Icarus Uprising being a key example of an excellent oddity. Or hell, Sakurai's work on Smash falls into the same category. Take care, Tyler, who is awesome. Hi, Tyler. Do you think the uh, Do you think the Zelda DS games count for this? Yeah, yeah, oh, I, I sure. love that. Oh, I hated it. I. And and I'm having this oh god what was the oh Star Fox Zero is is the thing that that I've been seeing people. It seems like the critiques with Star Fox Zero are just people being like, how come it's not like this thing I already played? Huh. That's all I can hear whenever I hear like I guess okay yeah people who are like oh the graphics aren't as good like no that's kind of true it's looked a lot better since the E3 last year, uh, but everybody's just like I just want it to control like Star Fox sixty four is that too much to ask and to me I'm like. God damn it, like, try something new? And I kind of, I like, even in failure, I like trying new things. I so mean, I, I do like. I'm with you on that, but sometimes. I feel like Nintendo's been on this crusade since 2006 to fix a problem that never was broken. Like, I. I'll hear that. It, it, it's. At, at a certain point, I'm. I wish they would just accept that controllers have been fine. The entire time, and I think Twilight yeah. Princess HD is sort of maybe is sort of that acceptance. I mean, there. But are... I think that Skyward Sword is the antithesis to that. Yeah, I mean, perhaps. I mean, I, but compare, I still feel like Skyward the... Sword's combat to Wind Waker's, and which do you feel is is the better system? Skyward Sword, really? Skyward Sword, Wind Waker. Oh no way! I loved Wind Waker. Why? Why? What's so great about Wind Waker's combat? It just felt more. I feel like Wind Waker's combat is one of the weak points of that game. There's very little to it. Yeah, like the one cool thing about that is how you can use the grappling hook to like steal shit from models. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's definitely that's pretty that's awesome. great. The rest of it is just like occasionally you have the wind button that is the parry, 
Yeah. yeah. It's not that, like, I don't think it's right. bad. I just, I, 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 I've seen a lot of people, especially with Twilight Princess stuff and people talking about Zelda. Like, everybody keeps on being like, well, Wind Waker is clearly the best combat. And I'm like, when, when did that I think happen? Twilight Princess has better combat than Wind Waker. Twilight Princess has some of the fun special moves in it. But I, I yeah. don't like in Skyward Sword that a lot of the combat devolves to pattern. And yet, pattern recognition is a big problem uh, or a big component of combat uh, in games in general. But the the yeah. literal, you know, his arms are, are held up in this position and they're going to stay like right. that until I swing. Unless maybe he switches at the last second. Um, I just didn't enjoy that. Oh, now I have to swing up. Now I have to swing left. The movements were so broad that I just felt like it reduced the the combat to something that wasn't fun. Look, I enjoyed the combat in, in Skyward Sword, but then you look at something like the way the harp controlled, and that was hot garbage. <laughs> like for for all the things that Skyward Sword did really right, in my opinion, it did a a lot of things it just wasn't necessary. This the, the controlling in the sky using the remote to sort of tilt in the direction you wanted to fly. Not necessary. Just, 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 just not. Nothing about that is better. Yeah, I, that's that's what I'm talking about in terms of solving a problem that didn't need to be solved. I'll always remember awkwardly flapping through the sky at E3 <laughs> and the Nintendo rep saying, "You are really good at this." Wow, <laughs> man! Having coming coming into E3 in the height of the Wii, like that was real fun because it's just like you looking like an asshole <laughs> at every demo. Like Wii Sports Resort was at my first E3. And that was just you looking like an asshole in public. Yeah, we did that chicken game. Yeah, that was in Wii Fit. Yeah. I, mean, I was oh, a big plus. believer in motion control through like maybe 2009, 2010. And I like Skyward Sword a lot, but it's 2016. Like I'm yeah. Star Fox Zero, like the and the Kid Icarus Uprising. Like I don't, I don't need these games to be unique. I don't need them to try to fix these problems that aren't broken. Yeah, Kid, like, Kid Icarus Uprising, the ground segments of that, I, I felt were a, a mess. Exactly. I know you love that game, Neil, and I, I understand yeah. why you love that game, but I don't know. It's I'm ready for them to just go back to go back to the way it used to be. It's probably my favorite I'm, Star Fox that, that game. I'm old. What, it is. what mm-hmm. Kid Icarus Uprising? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess what I'll say about Kid Icarus Uprising is, like, if, if if the controls don't jive with you, that's cool. The one thing is that all the people are just like, well, if it's dual sticks, it'd be fine. Like, no. No, like, I, I mean, you could play that game with dual sticks, and it sucked. Yeah. Like, that game, I mean, you would have to substantially redesign that game to have it work with dual sticks, because it's designed with the weird trackball touchscreen controls. I think the better answer which, is you don't put it on that platform. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that was maybe that was the lesson from Kid Icarus Uprising. Yeah. I mean, it, it really gelled with me. I understand why the controls are super weird, and a lot of people didn't like them. Because they are super weird, but... I just wonder if it would have been... Is it because it would have been too expensive to produce a game of the same length with the, uh, you know, just all aerial segments? Or was the multiplayer driving force in, in having those segments? I just, I really didn't enjoy the the ground missions at all. I'm sure I think the lesson there is Sakurai had, Sakurai had no filter. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I mean, I'm curious to see what Sakurai's next project's going to be, because I think part of the reason why he had such carte blanche with doing whatever the hell he wanted is because of Iwata. Mm. And I don't mm. know if that's going to keep up with, with the new, the new bosses in charge, because I think that, you know, Sakurai and Iwata went, went way back. Yeah. And that's why, if you notice like Sakurai left Nintendo because he was tired of the bullshit. And then he came back with brawl kind of seemingly as a favor to Iwata. Yeah. 
And he stuck around, you know, did Kid Icarus, then did, did Smash Wii U and He's, 3DS. He said pretty clearly after a brawl that he was done making Smash games, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that was still Iwata being like, yo, bro, come on, man. Come on. Let's do it. Sends him a text of him holding a banana. One more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably, like, I, I, I would love to see that, like, that buddy movie of Iwata and Sakurai <laughs> through the ages, because that, that would be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Really sad ending, though. I'm probably going to play Kid or Icarus Uprising tonight. Really? Uh, maybe. We, we should all get online. I don't have that game anymore. I think I Sorry. sold it. Yeah. I'm probably going to well, get good it. Thing, good, oh, man. Good, uh... If, if... Zach, we need to find a third. Remember when we played that online, like, yeah, a year ago? it was pretty fun. It was really fun. Yeah. I like that game a lot. But Star Fox Zero, uh, as far as weird controls, real excited for that game. Because I think those controls actually, like, work and make sense. I'm shocked that Tyler didn't bring up Wonderful 101. Mm. Oh, God, that's a that, that didn't work for me. <laughs> I know that worked for Tyler a lot. My philosophy Ty- is, if I can't sink into the controls quickly, I just get frustrated and don't like the game. Yeah. And that's the risk that you run with weird control schemes. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what's going to happen with Star Fox Zero, for better or worse. Well, yep. yeah. Alright. So let's move on to uh, a segment that we used to do on Newscast called What You're Reviewing. Except for half of us don't review uh, video games from the <laughs> website anymore. <laughs> and we already talked about what I was reviewing with Twilight Princess HD. The review is on the site if you want to read it. So instead we'll start with Nathan, who's talking about a recent Nintendo game. Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm playing Fire Emblem Fates Birthright. I, I, I own Conquest. I plan on playing through it uh, if Birthright doesn't drive me insane first. Uh, anyone else on the podcast playing Fire Emblem right I, now? I'm on the Driven Insane part uh, after playing Birthright. I got I got the special edition, so I have all three versions of the game. Uh, you can you can read my review of Fire Emblem Fates Birthright in the next issue of Nintendo Force. <laughs> nice. Uh, plug, plug. But I wasn't that hot on Birthright because I think that it's just a really simplified version of Fire Emblem, and I didn't yeah. realize that I wanted... I wanted Conquest I, I, more than I wanted Birthright. I'm kind of of two minds on it. What, what difficult did you? What difficulty did you play through on? I I, I do I did a like casual and normal. Okay, I'm playing hard and uh, classic right now. So a lot of the maps kind of boil down to here's a giant field. There's a bunch of enemies. Kind of yep. go after them, um, and it's kind of disappointed me in a few ways. There's a mission where you're. Uh, on an island and there's a moat around you and you can fill up the moat uh, with water and I waited for people to I kind of baited people into running into the moat. I fill it with water and they're just standing on the water. I don't Yeah, no, I, I, had say, I saw you tweet about that and I was like, yup. Yeah, I, I figured <laughs> like, okay, the Pegasus Knights, you know, that's a wrinkle. The Pegasus Knights are going to be able to fly over. That's what I got, I got to keep an eye out for. No, nah, everyone. Everyone's okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of the maps, they, they just kind of feel uninspired. Um, I do feel like when you crank up the difficulty, and if you're not getting pissed off by the random number generator, uh, then there are some opportunities for uh, the challenge of moving your forces across that big stretch of land and still maintaining a strong front, um, trying to keep your healers and your, your song... Um, Oh, I don't know what the class is called. Song, I think songstress. it's songstress. That sounded dumb, so I assumed yeah, it wasn't it. Um, but, okay, your songstress in the back. Um, 
that that is fun. Uh, and then you get all the way to the end of a map, and then a boss that has a two percent chance to crit on you does, and like kills your favorite <laughs> character. Yep. And then maybe yep. you're a little sad about it. Um, that that's my plan on casual. Yeah, I I do let people die in the game. I I do find that it, it I I think it adds to it. Um, I don't always restart. If, I think if you play it where you're always restarting, it's going to be a, a very frustrating experience. Um, but sometimes you feel cheated by the game, and you and you just have to do that. Uh, I don't like yeah. any of the castle stuff. I the castle stuff I thought would be really cool, and then I realized that like there was not much to do there except for like I guess get new right. weapons. Right, the smithy is okay, but I feel like. I can't buy enough of the materials that I that I need to do some do really interesting yep. things there, and I I don't win them in the Dawn Lottery, which is a, a lottery system run by my own people who are for some reason withholding good <laughs> things from me uh, and leaving yeah. it up to chance. Um, I don't like the invasion missions. I definitely don't like all the social elements they crammed into this game. I, I think yep. that there's definitely people that want that. Um, in the game, I don't feel like the game does a good job of it. And I don't think that any version of the game, even the Japanese one, I can't see how the the minigame elements that were removed, or no matter what you do with the text, I don't really feel that it would end up being meaningful. You're just clicking and dragging through menus with just a bunch of really perfunctory conversations between the characters. It just feels like a chore to me. Um, and maybe if you wanted to te- take the time to really micromanage all the characters, maybe it's fun, but it just doesn't... At that point, it's just too much. Um, so I, I don't really enjoy the castle stuff. I, I do like... I am enjoying the main campaign. The story's kind of a wash for me. Um, I'm really hoping I like Conquest uh, more than I enjoy Birthright because uh, right right now, like Neil said, there's not, not much good going on in there. Yeah, like it's just... it's. It's like the most basic fire emblem you could imagine. And my my beef with it kind of boils down to two key things. One is how every mission is just route the enemy, beat all these enemies. There's a lot of enemies. And Sounds also like the a game I've been playing, Neil. Yeah, except for you know what? I think that Project Cross Zone Two is a more enjoyable and possibly a better game than Fire Emblem Fates Birthright. Wow. Um, I, I, I know definitely for me, like, I mean, I, I also think that Project Cross Zone 2 is like the dumbest, best thing ever. So, so that might be a little biased. <laughs> but, but with Birthright, the other thing is that I, I do kind of enjoy like the, the, the romantic element of it and like getting kids. Like that's like, it's kind of a, it's kind of funny to me and I enjoy pairing off characters, especially like getting like a good one-two punch. Um, of like you know having like the archer with the you know the the Pegasus mm-hmm. knight or something like that, and I don't like the changes that they made to the pair up mechanic. Where in Awakening, granted it was probably a little overpowered as you got to the end, is you could pair up two characters and have them be on the same space, and then when you would attack, they both would attack and they would both get experience. If you do that in Fates, now there is an attacking character who does damage and gets experience, they'll have a boost from having the other person on the square, but that second person gets no experience, does no attacking. Yeah. The way right. unless you're unless you're defending. Yeah. Um, um and the only way that you can get that where you have the the two people getting the support bonus and attacking, you know, at the same time is if they're next to each other. Which 
and some of the maps, like, that's just, it's kind of asinine to set up, like, do this positioning. And I know you were saying that, like, it was, it, you felt it was rewarding to kind of move across the map and have, like, you know, your characters keep a strong fight, fi- uh, a strong front. For me, that was just really tedious because I kept on wanting to set it up. So, like, all right, these two characters were next to each other because they have the good support rank and I can get a kid next turn. Um, well, how, how how do the benefits change um, when you, as far as support ranking um, and, and the benefits to defense, I feel like you have better defense when you actually pair the units, right? Yeah, you do. But then you'd right. have and, to... And that's why I tend to leave them paired, and then you have that experience gap. That, that's very frustrating. Yeah. I found that on a lot of maps. If I didn't pair up units, I was just wiped off the map yeah. very quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing. is, that, And then I would have it where it's like I had... I had I had one couple. It was my first people to have a child. The 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 thief was like level thirteen, and and his wife was like level four. Right. Like and and like when you get to a certain point in the game where it's like, all right, how do I even try to try? To, I guess she's just dead weight. And and that's what like kind of bugged me is that I felt like Awakening did a much better job of that and. And like you, I hope that I hope I enjoy Conquest a lot more. I'm probably not going to play it for a while. I'm I'm planning to go back to Project Cross Zone Two if I have the strategy yet anytime soon. So I guess yeah. that I guess that does it for Birthright. <laughs> um, we'll we'll skip Andy for right now because I did mention Project Cross Zone Two, and let's let's go to Zach. Zach, what what you been reviewing? Uh, I've been well <clears throat> on my second round playthrough of Project Cross Zone Two. I'm 76 <laughs> hours into it, but that counts both play both play times. Um, and just to give you some idea of how much faster the second round is going, my clear time for the first my first time through was 52 hours, and so now I'm on the second to last mission, and it's taken me roughly half that time. So your second round, you're Crazy powerful by comparison. Um, it's much more fun. But it's the same game. You're just going through it faster. Uh, I don't know much about these games, the Project Cross Zone games. Can you, like, elevator pitch this to me? So, obscure and popular characters from Capcom franchises, Namco Bandai franchises... And um, Sega franchises. And some Nintendo. And a few Nintendo and Project Cross Zone 2. All combine forces in a strategy art, grid based strategy RPG against like a billion bad guys uh, in an attempt to save the universe. And you position your units around the map, but when you actually battle, it's like a very simplified 2D fighting game where you use directional buttons and the A and uh, Y buttons to dole out attacks. And um, you can call in support with L and R. And, and that's the part, like, I guess kind of... I mean, I think this is very similar to Fire Emblem Fate's Birthright specifically because all of the missions in this are also just like, destroy the enemy. Yeah. But with this, it's way more fun because there's a spectacle whenever you attack. Like yes. all of these, all of these attacks that people have and the support stuff. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Beautiful two D sprite sprite artwork. So for me, it's it's always fun to go in and and attack 
Yeah. Just like the act of attacking is fun. Whereas in Fire Emblem, like that, like if I, if I'm not enjoying the strategy in Fire Emblem, that's kind of like I'm not enjoying it that much because the attacking doesn't have that spectacle that, that kind of right. picks up the slack of Project so, Cross Zone 2. And I Project, call and it a strategy a RPG, stuff. but it's really not at all. Like there's no, like there's no reason you'd use Chris and Jill instead of Cosmos and Fiora. Well, I think, like, I mean, I think some of them have different powers and you can, you can level them up right. to get more. The skills, you mean skills? Yeah. 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 Some, some skills, but they can usually, often use skills on each other. Yeah. So it's, it's very loosely defined as a strategy RPG. But the real fun is the dialogue. The localization is insane. Yep. Is the game like self-aware of how crazy and does it, does yes. it like break the fourth Absolutely. wall? Absolutely. So aware. Yeah. Okay. It breaks the fourth wall all the time. There's a scene, and you might probably have gotten to it by now, Neil. There's a scene where all these characters arrive at a castle, and uh, Shinobi and Ryu... Uh, and X. Who? And X for my and, and X and <laughs> Ryu Hayabusa. Uh, or not Ryu, some yeah. guys. Strider and some other guy. Shinobi. Uh, Strider and Shinobi and X and Morrigan from Darkstalkers all debate the best way to get up a vertical wall. <laughs> okay. It's very funny. And there's even like the moment where, uh, cause, uh, Krom and Lucina from Fire Emblem Awakening show right. up and, uh, <laughs> they explain that, they try to explain how like, uh, oh, Lucina is his daughter. But you're, you're her, <laughs> her age. Yeah, and, and then like Krom's like, damn it, why do you why do you always have to lead with that? <laughs> oh wait, like, there's no, a lot... I'm his daughter from the future. Yeah. So it's... and then and then uh Sagata Sanshiro, like the ridiculous like the Sega character yes! shows up. He's the best one. Uh, and I haven't gotten to this part yet, but I've seen a lot of screen caps and I can't wait to get to the part with Sagata Sanshiro he's because so it just he's just nonsense. And he I mean You he's... must play the Sega Saturn. Yes, like he's a meta character to begin with. Was there any reason to go and back and play the first game first, or no? Having done not that, really. no. The second, the second one is there, there's. I guess you would be slightly lost on the ridiculous story, no, which is just you basically really like, would not. Oh, no, some shit went down. Well, no, um, because Project Cross Zone Two, it turns out, uh, cycles back to Namco X Capcom. Oh, it has yeah, yeah, almost yeah. nothing to do with the first game, but. I mean, like, there's there's some character. Well, there's a lot of characters. Yeah. You probably won't have any idea who the hell they are. They do have a, a nice little like encyclopedia thing built into the game that you're like, who the hell is that? And you can go and like read a couple you can paragraphs. Spend on. hours reading. Yeah, yeah. I've I've learned a lot about like Endless Frontier and uh, and and more about the Valkyria Chronicles games. I'll probably get that PS4 remaster. Yeah, me time. I'm thinking that. about that too. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Project Cross Zone Two. Project Cross Zone Two, as it stands right now, is my game of the year. <laughs> Probably mine too. Is that is, um, that is that? Wait, I'm thinking of um, what was the game you guys both loved last? Etrian Etrian Odyssey Two. Etrian Odyssey it's, Two it's, Untold. So if I were to pick, yeah. if I were to pick Aww. a completely like out of the blue Japanese game that doesn't seem like something I would enjoy, but I'm kind of in the mood for it, which of those two games would you recommend? Do you want to laugh oh. or do you want like a Dungeon crawling RPG. Mm. One is really slow and one is really nonsense. Yeah. Interesting. 
Because okay. I, I mean, I, I think that if you were to ask me which is the better game, it's actually an Odyssey Two Untold. I, I from, adore that yeah, game from a gameplay perspective. Absolutely. But Project Cross Zone Two is is the most gorgeous stupidity that I've seen in a video game since like I don't even know. It's been a long time since like Kid Icarus Uprising, like the script in that. Okay. I'm gonna have to get I'm, I'm gonna have to get one of those two games because I'm sure as hell not playing another Paper Mario. Well, and, Andy, well just wait yeah. for Etrian and Five, Andy. Andy, I would wait for Etrian Odyssey Untold Two to go on sale because yeah, it's it's been yeah it's, it's inevitable been for a long time. It's fifty dollars right now in the eShop. It's gonna go down to twenty eventually. Yeah, it's it's the the law of Atlas is that everything will eventually be ten mm-hmm. to twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. At, at the at, and it's at been out long that's enough fair. to where that's, that's going to happen soon. It released in Europe pretty recently, yeah. so I'm guessing in about two was, months yeah. we'll probably see it. Summer. Yeah, yeah. It came out. It came out last August. So yeah, but it's they gave probably, us two months to review it. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. And and uh, j- jump ahead slightly because I I think we might we might cut off before we get to any of the news stuff that I had planned. Yeah. Etrian Odyssey Five was announced. Uh, it's coming to Japan yes. on August fourth. And uh, that that game looks wonderful. Well, that's different. Well, that's different than Etrian Odyssey Untold, though, right? Different yeah. series. Yeah. Although, yeah. Okay. well, it's a, it's the same series. Like Etrian Odyssey Five is the next mainline entry. Etrian Odyssey Two Untold is a remake of the second one, which came out on DS in like 2007 or 8. The Untold games are basically like the Pokemon re-de- uh, remakes, the remakes with all yeah. the conveniences of the modern games. Yeah. I see. But if, if I had to pick a, a favorite game in the Etrian Odyssey series, it would be too Untold. I, I'm mm, playing through so 4 cool. now, and I, I was having some issues with it, but after taking a break, I think... I'm I'm kind of back in the swing of things with that game. It's a it's a really really enjoyable game. It just if you if you play sure. those straight through, at least for me, I I start to lose interest. Um, yeah, for for me, I, I I played Two Untold over such a long burn right. where it was like something that like I would take breaks from it for a couple of days and then right. come back to Same. it. And I wound up putting like 50 hours in that game, probably over the span of like yeah. a month or two. Yeah. yeah, that's the right way to do and it. And I just, I, I enjoyed it Have so much. Have you guys looked much. at the screenshots for Etrinasi 5? I the mean, the most interesting it, it one looks... by far to me is the shot of the canyon uh, looking environment where you have those um, mountains in the background. Because to me, that looks like a dungeon, but it's an open air dungeon. And I don't know if that's been done mm. before Ooh. in the series. There, there might have been one that I'm not remembering, but that looks really cool. Because that's because like a lot of the early ones just have it where it's like one dungeon that you're going farther and farther into, or, right, or right. higher and higher. Yeah, but I think you're um, always going up and, some and, tree. Well, actually, in Odyssey Four is the fir- I think that's the first one. I never played three because uh, I only the first one I ever played was four. Right. Um, it was just well. Uh, four has an open environment, but what yeah. I mean by this is, it the dungeon itself yeah. looks it's like outside. there's a, a lot of exposed sky, which is really cool. Yeah, because it means you're not really in a dungeon. Yep. Right. Like I just, I man, I I can't wait for Etrian Odyssey five. I, I I think optimistically that that could be like November Ooh. in America. What do you think the chances are of? I know they're capitalizing on the Untold games. Do you? Th- what do you think the chances are of having the story mode already in it? I think Etrianasi Four was a step in that direction. I don't know if the heavy the story in Four are there more story elements in Two Untold Two because it, it looks like it. I haven't played Untold. 2. I actually I never I only played Classic mode in Untold Two. Zach played Story mode. Story mode is like a, a 
the whole story unto itself. I mean, it has a beginning and an end. And there's there's cutscenes. There cut I mean, scenes, there's yeah. there's story in a Triassic Four, but there's no cutscenes. Yeah. The, the story kind of seems to be a real side uh, component of it, and it seems to be more of an emphasis in Untold Two. Oh. I hope they go that route with Etrianasi Five and just have a a real heavy narrative throughout, mm-hmm. and then the option for classic mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I think honestly, if I if I with every future Etrianasi game, I I'd probably go with classic mode because I when I played Untold One, and I I think part of my issue with Untold One was I think the grimoire stone system in that game is just bad. It is in two, they, they, two. They, they improved upon it in two, but like it's still not great. But in one, it's just horrible. And I played the story mode in Untold One and really didn't like it. Like I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but compared to four, Untold One just fell flat to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Untold Two, I rocked classic mode, and that was my favorite game in the series. So I don't even know if I had the option of story in classic and five. I think I might still go classic. Explain to me how an RPG works the outside of story mode. Because isn't an um, RPG entirely about like a story? It's like Dragon generally? Quest 2. Like, like classic, classic mode is basically you create your party. Um, it's more of like your generic adventurers who have a guild that you make, and then you make characters of different classes. So if I play Whereas the, the story demo... mode is you're given five characters, there's cutscenes, there's dialogue, whereas, like... The classic mode in Etrian Odyssey is like more D and D. So if I played the the demo for Etrian Odyssey, Etrian Odyssey Four, that's I probably probably played classic mode, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because Etrian Odyssey Four predates the Untold games, which those were the first ones to add the specific story. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there's a story, but it doesn't revolve around your characters. I mean, they could go the Dragon Quest Nine route and have a, what I th- yeah. think is a great story that's totally independent of your party outside mm-hmm. of the main character. Yeah. Man, Dragon Quest Nine is a great game. It's a great yeah, game. I would love that, to play it on my 3DS. To, I, I would I would devour a 3DS update of that game. Yes, I, I mean even, they're, they're, even just there's... releasing the original digitally would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, I mean, I mean that's the next step. They they they've remade but like every entry in the series except for Nine true. at this point. Coming to mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably where it'll <clears> be. Wii U Virtual Console. I'd buy it. I mean, I don't, I don't think it would look. If that's how they want to do it. Your TV. You know, and, and Andy, also, I don't. Andy, I don't think you have be... to update it to have the online elements, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, that that would never happen. All right, so Andy, what have you been playing? Well, thanks for asking. Um, a good friend of mine who lives uh, about an hour away from me had convinced me to pick up Diablo three on PS4, and I had never actually played a Diablo game before. Um, so this was sort of a, a new thing for me, but. I, I do like sort of isometric style action RPG dungeon crawlers. Like I played, I don't know if you guys ever played the um, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games on PS2 or GameCube even, I think. I, I played the first one probably all the way through like three or four times. I mean, it was, it just had me completely hooked uh, back in like 2002 or whatever, whenever those games came out. Um, so I think I was, I'm probably predisposed to like this kind of game, but I, I bought it on a, on a PSN sale like a month ago and hadn't really had a chance to dig into it yet. And then on Friday night, my, my friend texted me and said, Hey, up for some Diablo later? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we, we hopped online and, um, I think I got my character up to like level 10 and I was like, this is really enjoyable. Now that I understand like how dirt simple, like the leveling up and the inventory system is and like. You get past that initial barrier. Like, I, I have a problem, like, p- picking up a new game that requires me to learn systems. Like, I'm 
I'm resistant. Like, I don't want to learn that shit. But Diablo 3 is super easy to, to figure out. Um, so I enjoyed what I played enough on Friday night to fire up a new solo save with a different character class on Saturday morning, and I got about twice as far over the course of the week. I probably put about 15 hours into that game, just literally over the weekend. Like, I played it almost wow. nonstop on Saturday and Sunday. Wow. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's super simple. Like, there's not much to it. It's a button masher. Uh, but the level, the leveling up and the loot cycle is, it's really rewarding. And, uh, I, I really do feel like every single time my character gets a new, like, weapon or a new ability, like, it, the game feels tangibly, like, the reward is tangible. Like, I'm like, dude, my guy kicks total ass now. Like, I have, like, a, a new attack, and it just, it changes the way I feel about how, how good my character can handle the enemies there. It's it's fun. I I haven't played it for a couple of days. Like, I played it nonstop over the weekend and then kind of stopped for a couple of days. So I, I need to get back into it. I think maybe this weekend I might I might open it back up, and it even plays pretty well on remote play on Vita. Uh, I was going to ask if you would sell your soul for a Vita native version of it. I oh man, I I think the only problem with playing <laughs> it on Vita is that the screen is a bit too. That's like, that's what some I mean. of the Vita, some of the text. A Vita native version would be amazing. Oh, it would you be, know, fantastic. That, that, and it could run it. Song. It could totally run it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It's not that but, visually intensive. It's just it's, that would that would involve someone making a game for the Vita, though. Yeah, Axiom Verge is coming yeah. out for the Vita very very soon. He updated. I put a blog post. Oh, up, really? Actually. What, what's yeah. coming to Axiom Verge? Axiom, Axiom Verge, yeah. which is so good. Well, what he if it's he kept saying he was going to put a yeah. He kept saying he was going to put a Vita version out, and then never did. And then like a couple of weeks ago, he finally put a blog post out saying, "Hey, look, I really do intend to do this, and here is this, here's a list." Of the bugs we haven't figured out yet. The game is up. It is running. It is so close. I'm not giving you a date, but I promise you we are very close to releasing the Vita version. Yeah, because so. there's there was a rash of... There were a lot of like indie games that were announced to be PS4, Vita, or PS, PS4, PS3, Vita. And all of those Vita versions have been canceled. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad. Hard, uh, except for, I think it's so like... Good. Axiom Verge and then uh, Z-Boy Games. I think, what are they doing? Cosmic Star Heroin? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that like they're they're doubling down on there being a Vita version I of can't that, and wait I think for that, yeah, that that game looks real good, what is and it? I know that I've they they had it. issues with the Vita version, but they powered through it, and also the the on online play in Diablo pretty stellar. Like it just it works really well, no lag. Um, I didn't really have any problems getting the game going, and it was it's a little weird to me whenever you play like a co-op game that's like part of the campaign because there's like okay well do we both have to start a new character or how does that really work and you know, I guess the way it works is you start a character you start your game with maybe a new character and then you invite someone in and they pick the character they want to join with uh, right. so we my, my friend and I both created new characters and and kind of Andy what class are you playing way. in your solo game in my solo game I'm playing a monk I I'm I kind of petered out on Diablo three and I, I'm. Wondering if it's because I chose a barbarian to play through as it just got kind of boring. Yeah, I um I went with a crusader actually in my in my co op game, and that worked out well because he picked a uh, and I think a crusader is basically a barbarian with some paladin mm -hmm. um, bonuses. But my um, my friend is playing a wizard, so he has a whole bunch of ranged spells, and I have like close up giant hammer uh, attacks. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that witch doctors. I've heard that Witch Doctor is supposed to be a lot of fun to play solo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I This is a game I could probably see myself, like, finishing all the way through and then just picking another character class and doing it again because yeah. it's kind of a zen experience. Like, it doesn't really matter what the story is. It's just, oh, you have a map? I'm going to I'm going to scour every corner of it and kill all <laughs> the things and take all the stuff. 
and then I'm gonna go to the next map and I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna go to the next map and I'm gonna do it again. Like it doesn't really matter if you're at the beginning of the game or the end of the game, because the cycle is the same no matter what part of the game you're at. You know, you have a character, you want to make it cooler, mm-hmm. so you just play the game until your character is cooler, and then you want to huh. play the game more to make your character even cooler. Like I get that that loop has or that loop has existed on a lot of other games. I never got hooked on Monster Hunter Four. I tried, but I this other the game that game was too complicated for me. There's too many systems and. Too much to learn. The game doesn't do enough to hold your hand through it. I'm sure it's really rewarding once you figure it out. I don't have the patience for it. Have you Diablo, tried out the Borderlands series? Um, very, very little. I've played a little that's bit of a, it. That's a great... That's a great... I'm playing through yeah. Borderlands 2 on Vita right now. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Diablo could not make it easier to, to get in there and, and have fun with right. it. So. I'm really digging it. The other thing that I've uh, been playing is I picked up a Retron 5 a couple of days ago. Oh, um, cool. Which is a silly thing for me to do because I don't want to collect cartridges. <laughs> Here I am collecting cartridges again. Uh, like I've sold off my collection and then I bought more and then I sold off my collection. I have this loop where every like four to five years I decide I'm a video game collector again, and then every th- four to five years after that I, I sell all my shit. But uh, I I uncovered this really cool um, used game and and kind of retro toy store like '80s and '90s toy store in my town and uh, they were selling a Retron five and I was like, it was like a hundred bucks used. So I, I picked it up and picked up a copy of Mario all-stars to go along with it. And uh, it's, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's an emulation box, so it's not like perfect, but it's, I mean, I'm it's good enough as far as I'm concerned. And on my HD TV, it looks gorgeous. It makes these games a lot more playable on an HD modern television than Quite frankly, they would be on original hardware, and I realized you can mod those that hardware and, and you know get better output like via a frame meister. But I mean, seriously, I don't I don't care quite that much. Um, I will say the hardware itself feels way cheaper than I was expecting. Oh, it's really? About... That, that was that was my takeaway from it. I have a, I have a friend actually, um, Alex from Third Rate Minion who wrote oh, in hey, earlier. Yeah, uh, I was. He he brought over his uh, Retron Five at one point, and it, it felt like it was like a fucking toy. Yeah, like oh, it, it, it is. It, it has the say, weight of, uh, of, of, of a of a. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But it, like a cheap toy. toy. It has the Damn weight it. of a of a half empty. It has the weight of a half empty shoebox. Like oh you know, wow, it, it just feels like you could throw the thing halfway across the the, the neighborhood. It feels um, like there's only one shoe. Yeah, exactly. It feels like there's only one. Feels shoot. like there's just like one tiny chip just running a bunch of emulators. Basically, on it. yeah. Like the hardware of it really is the plastic that is on the outside and the cartridge slots. Everything else is basically could be on a Raspberry Pi as far as anything else is concerned. It's it's a yeah. console on a chip. Um, the the front end feels a little bit, uh, I don't know, not it's not polished. It doesn't feel like a polished interface. It's not terrible. Um, but it gets the job done. The built-in, the, the, the controller that it comes with functions. Uh, I don't think it, it, it's not comfortable and it's not attractive and it, it's a weird shape. Um, but I did, I, I picked up, uh, the, the store that I went to also had a, like a, uh, like a, a clearance bin of $2 GBA and Game Boy Color games. Oh, and damn. I was like, this feels like the best place to buy a game for my kid to play. Uh, because she's starting to get into games just a little bit, and so I went through the, the went through the box and I got some Dora, uh, Dora game, for two bucks. What, what, how how can you go wrong? So I actually gave her the um, the wireless controller that came with it because it's a freaking four year old playing a Dora game. She's not looking for 
perfect input. And if I gave her the Super NES controller that I also bought from the store, she would pull it off of the Entertainment Center because the core's not that long and the system does, has no heft to it. Um, but, I mean, it's good. I like the, the filtering effects are nice. I kind of turned most of them off, except for on GBA games. I don't like that it doesn't allow you to save filter settings per console. So you, you have to turn it off for the systems you want it off for and turn it back on for the systems you want it on for, which is a little dumb. Um, I'm a little concerned about like the battery backup thing. So when you put a cartridge in, it immediately like copies the save file from the cartridge to its own internal memory, which is great. Um, but it doesn't necessarily always copy the data back unless you tell it to. Um, so when I first got the system, I, pu I put in Mario All-Stars, it loaded the save data, and that was fine. And I played through like a couple of stages of Mario 2. And then I actually updated the firmware of the thing just to see what all options it had on the later firmware. And then I put Mario All-Stars in there again, and it re-imported the save, which effectively means it overwrote the save that it had on the local memory. That's not good, because I wanted to keep the progress that I had made. And so I'm, I'm a little uncertain why it did that. I'm guessing it has to do with the firmware update. But that's a little concerning. Like, if I'm going to play an RPG on this thing, I have to be very, like, clear that my save file is not going to get overwritten by, like, an older version that happens to still be on the cartridge. So that's a little concerning. They actually did have both Shining Force games, one and two, for Genesis at the store for like thirty and thirty-five a piece. And I gotta tell you, I'm super tempted <laughs> to go spend seventy-five or sixty-five dollars on two sixteen-bit RPGs that I loved when I was a kid. It just seems I have both of them on Wii Virtual Console. I don't know why I why I would be doing this, but don't do it, Andy. Nathan's shaking his head over don't there. Don't do it. Andy. That's a problem, man. I know, right? You, I, I, I might get you can, it. You can play the games already, right? Tax <laughs> return. I don't need this. I don't know. Uh, it's it's fun. I'm glad that I have it. I don't know that I'm going to... I told myself this is the thing that I'm going to do. I'm only going to buy games on cartridge that I can't buy on Virtual Console, like licensed games or you know sports games or things that have no hope of ever being re-released. Um, so what did I do? I bought Mario All-Stars. It's a collection <laughs> of games that I own seven copies of each. But, oh well. But isn't it? You don't, isn't your new copy plus World? No, no. It's just Mario All-Stars. Regular oh, Mario All-Stars. I All saw that on, on Twitter somewhere. I, someone, uh, I think Adam, replied on Twitter and said that my copy would be better if it was that, I think. Oh, I said. Okay. I mean, it would be. But the <laughs> one thing that Mario All-Stars gives you that it's not easy to come across is the 16-bit graphical versions of those games. Yeah. Um, you can get those in the GBA remakes, but those are GBA copies. And Nathan, I heard you. I heard you. You're not wrong. You're not right either, but you're not wrong. Like, I could buy the GBA versions of Mario too, but then I'd have you to know, it's funny. up with that. You, could, you so. could buy tomorrow or, what is it, Friday? I don't know what the hell day it is anymore. The um, Selects, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Nintendo Selects, you get Super Mario All-Stars on a Wii I disc can't believe bucks. that's part of that platform. Can we talk about how stupid that is? That's the stupidest thing in the world, that that's one of their games <laughs> they're re-releasing. Come on! How, how much did you spend on Super Mario All-Stars and Super Nintendo? 25 US dollars. You could have gotten it for 20 on a Wii disc. <laughs> yeah, but... That's, that defeats the purpose of buying a Retron, I guess. <laughs> and the purpose of buying a Retron is... Regret? Regret. I don't know. I, I, I bought RC Pro-Am, and I bought very... Mario All-Stars, and I bought NBA Jam on Genesis, and I bought... DuckTales? Uh, Did you get DuckTales? 
They did not have DuckTales. I would have bought it if they did. I absolutely would have bought it if they did. Andy, these games will not make you happy. No, that's fair. That's fair. And then I bought, uh, I got a Spider-Man game for Game Boy Advance that I haven't played yet. And Dora. Gotta have Dora. And I, ha- I happen to have a copy of Wizards and Warriors 2 Iron Sword on NES, which has not ever been released. What even that. is that game? Wizards and Warriors, I mean, man. That, those games I, were fine back in the day. Were they were they rare games? Yeah, they were. I think they were. Are they on, yeah. are they on Rare Replay? No, they are not. Well, there you uh, go. RC Pro-Am That's why I have you, you justify your retro. That's right. <laughs> RC Pro-Am is on Rare Replay, yeah. though. Yeah. So, so there's a failure on your part. RC Pro-Am, kind of fun for like 10 minutes. Yep. That is the MO of that game. Yeah, RC Pro-Am 2, also fun for about 10 minutes. I don't know if I'll have an Xbox One anytime soon, so if, the, if I see Cobra Triangle, I will probably also buy that on NES. <laughs> Cobra Triangle, fun for like 15, 20 minutes. I played all the way through that game to the bitter end with the Game Genie on. On New Year's <laughs> well, Eve. I feel I feel like I would need that. That's uh, how, yeah, it's it's hard very to tough. That's how I beat so, Battletoads back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another game that I will likely not beat on Rare Replay. Yeah. Uh so so my what you what you're reviewing is the Xbox One. So there was this deal on Best Buy. I I was up late playing a board game, this game called Star Wars Imperial Assault, that uh very fun, kind of like a a D and D ish um board game where I it's it's my board game, so I am the Imperials playing against four of my oh, friends. This, who are this the is that game that you can hear on that episode of Xanstars. Episode yes, four. That, that uh <laughs> might go up before this. I don't know, I need to edit it. But anyway, uh Star Wars Imperial Assault, very good. Uh but the key part there is that I was up very late playing that. And I checked my phone before I went to bed and uh Warrior Sixty Four on Twitter posted this link to this Best Buy bundle of Xbox One that was for including tax and shipping and everything was like 310 bucks and it came with a $400 laptop and <laughs> Xbox One with a free game and a $50 gift card. That's insane. <laughs> what? So so I looked at it and I was just like like Lauren was still up so I was like I know we we kind of don't really have like the reason why I don't have an Xbox One is because we bought a house and we don't have any fucking money. Yep. And I was just like, but like, this deal is too good to pass up. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, yeah, fine, do it. So I did it, <laughs> expecting it to like wake up in the morning and have it be canceled. And like, like Best Buy being like, oh, there was a price error. Um, woke up the next morning, nothing happened. The next day it ships. <laughs> I get it, I get it the day after. And, uh, yeah, so I have an Xbox One. Did you get the laptop too? Yeah, and we got the laptop. That's, that's not my wife's laptop, oh, but it's gosh. a, it's a pretty that's solid absurd. laptop. Um, and the, the issue was, was that, like, why it was priced like that is that it was like, I think it would like, should have been like 600 or 650, but there was, it was 250 plus dollars in savings. So it went up as the savings oh, as opposed to the actual price. Weird. And I think that was, that was the issue. How long did the bundle it, last? It lasted for like an hour or two before it got just taken down. That's crazy. But. But yeah, so the Xbox One, I got a Rare Replay. It was the the bundle where you could like pick one of four games, and I went with Rare Replay, which I've been really enjoying. I've been playing through Blast Core and just kind of going around and dicking around with the older games, most of which aren't that great. But it's kind of it's kind of like uh, there's this one called Gunfright that I've been enjoying, where it's like this weird isometric game as as were all European games from like 1980 to 1986. Uh, where you're going around and trying to look for, look, you're trying to look for some, like, a, a wanted criminal that you're trying to shoot, 
while it looks like you're just mowing down, like, women and children. Which is kind of fucked up, but the game's kind of fun. But I'm playing Blast Core, which is awesome. That game is fantastic. Uh, I also uh, downloaded Killer Instinct, the the new version of it. And I haven't spent any money into that, but they have like there's like a free character, and you can you have access to a good chunk of the game. That game's awesome. Oh, yeah? It's so much better than every other Killer Instinct game. Huh. Uh, I also got Rock Band Four, which uh, after like the three days it took me to import all of my old downloadable content, it, it's really fun to play Rock Band again. Uh, yeah, um, I I've, I've been enjoying the Xbox One a lot. I need to get one across, across this couple games. The interface is kind of not great, although I've gotten used to, like, where I have to go to do the things that I want to. Like, all the entertainment stuff on it looks just hopelessly confusing. Uh, so the PS4 will probably still be my media center of choice. Um, Certainly not the gaming center of choice right now. I had not an for Xbox me. One for, yeah. like, a month, and then I sold it. But why did you sell it? I just... Same there wasn't enough to interest me on it. The only console I have now is the Wii U. I had a PS4. I say you had a well. PS4 too, right? Yeah, I yeah. also got rid of that. I just don't have enough time <laughs> to. That's what, like the the PS4. I'm very. I don't know what my future with the PS4 will be. It'll uh, be I Ratchet and Clank my... this month. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I probably won't get that at launch, but I'll play that down the line. Uh, but the PS4, like, I, I don't really like PS Plus anymore. No. Really? I, uh, so when when it when it expires, I think I'm done with it too. because I just realized that like I'm not playing any of those games. They just sit yeah. there, and there's there's gonna be like if I let it lapse, and there's probably like Rocket League's a free game that I might I might actually buy after after my PlayStation Plus subscription lapses, and I think there might be a couple other games that I got for free that that I'd probably rebuy when that was done. But it's just that I don't I don't see the point in, in paying for it anymore if I'm just downloading the games to never play them again. Between, At this point, I'm paying for more for... Between DS, Vita, Wii U, and uh, a, a modest gaming PC, I have enough games to play until I die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Me too. So, I mean, I could, you just, could probably just be like, here's a DS, and I'd be set yeah, for It's just life. overwhelming, and I think I have... I had too many games. I still do have too many games, and... I just that's yeah. part of why I got rid of the Xbox, and there just wasn't enough compelling stuff that I couldn't get on my computer. Right. For See, for me, the I mean, I the I guess two of the three games that I listed, which are a lot of my motivation for wanting to get an Xbox. Uh, like, well, I guess Rock Band Four is now coming to PC, but my DLC wouldn't be coming to PC. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, like, I'm I'm so happy playing Rock Band Four. I've kind of missed that game, and there's a lot of new DLC that's come right. out. In the interim, um, after I kind of have fun going through all my old DLC, then I'll probably go ham with that. And Rare Replay, I'm really enjoying. I'm curious to see whatever Sea of Thieves, the new Rare game, turns out to be. If it doesn't get cancelled before it comes out, like Fable Legends. Which was a game that, like... The the sad thing about Lionhead being shut down with Fable Legends is that the day before I was like, huh, I wonder when Fable Legends is going to come out. That might be a fun thing to check out now that I have an Xbox One. <laughs> and then it got canceled the next day. But there's like Quantum, I, I think Quantum Break looks fun. Uh, I'm going to get Ori in the Blind Forest uh, when the Definitive Edition comes out on Friday. I and I think for me, like I could get a bunch of these games on PC, but I just, I don't really like playing games on PC. Yeah, And same. maybe that's not cost effective but like i like i like having consoles. i have a i have an alienware alpha 
uh, gaming PC console type thing. I love it. I took the guts out of my old laptop, kind of crammed some of them in there, and it, it's smaller <laughs> than any console I own, and it's more powerful than any, any console that yeah. I own. Yeah, wow. So, I, I, and it was very cheap, you know, when you, especially when you compare it to the cost of a console and the kind of the breadth of games you can play on it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, but, yeah, I, d- I do enjoy the ease of use of the console experience. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's where I'm at. And I, I don't mind being there. But, yeah, the PS4 I keep on looking at. And I'm just like, what am I going to do with you? Because most of the games that I really enjoyed playing on the PS4 are on other systems, I can also, too. I can, also get, I can also get on the Xbox One. Yeah. And my issue is that my PS4 has, uh, depending, certain games just fucking crash all the time on my PS4 because I have a launch launch window one. Uh, and I would, I looked up, like, I'm out of warranty, so I'd have to, like, pay 150 bucks to get it repaired, so my PS4 is kind of in this weird stasis where, like, if I go to play certain, like, I can't play Rocket League anymore on the PS4, because it just crashes, like, randomly. Oh. And, and I've, I actually, cause, I'll give a shout out to the dudes who make Super Mega Baseball, which is this, probably the best baseball game that I've played in 10 years, easily. Uh, it's it's just like one, it's an arcade baseball game that has the feel of like a of a sim, but not like an overbearing feel of a sim. Like it just it can, it's it's so good, but uh, that kept on crashing for me. And that would be, it, that does the crap with like Mario Strikers, where like if you quit out during a match, then it counts you as losing it. And I was playing a season mode where I would lose, and then I would go back to the season mode and be like, "You lost this game." I'm like, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> Uh, but I, I actually got into a conversation with a developer, and you can do the thing on the PS4 where you have a, a crash. You can send the error report to the developer. Oh. And they actually worked with me and triple shot it, and their conclusion was like, yeah, man, this is your console. This has nothing to do with our oh, game. Oh, God. Uh, so, so well, yeah. Shit. I'm dealing with that. But I'll probably just rebuy Super Mega Baseball on Xbox One. Well, I just got my PS4 <laughs> like a m- couple of months ago, and I love it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have yeah. an Xbox. I have the PS4, and I'm all in. Mainly, I'm all in for for the Uncharted games. Uh, the, I, I played the first yeah, two on the re, on the collection, and I'm super excited about Uncharted Four. Eventually, when Last Guardian comes out, like that's the game that I bought my PS3 for. Fucking, I remember seven years that. Ago. So I'm gonna. That was probably gonna on buy that. Of newscast. I don't know that I'm excited about it all that much <laughs> anymore, but I'm gonna buy it because shit i mean i have to kind of yeah no i'll totally i'll totally check out last guardian like there's a there's enough on both systems that like i don't feel like any of my purchases for them yeah feel feel worthless like the xbox one like i'm there's a back catalog that i'm excited to check out i also got sunset overdrive it was cheap on amazon uh i installed that which took about four days oh you that's you a crappy the crappy thing about the xbox one off then yeah <laughs> that's the crappy thing about the xbox one is that everything takes forever and a day yep. to install oh really um, I mean, honestly, I'm like I, forever. I'm I'm paying for uh, PS Plus now more than anything else for the online play component of it because I'm with you on the, the instant game collection has not had a title that I care about in close to a year yeah. at least. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm playing like and that's the Diablo three experience that I had last weekend, and I'm part of a Madden league that seems to have stalled right now, but um, like that's worth the online fee honestly and ps plus is a little cheaper than yeah. xbox live but uh yeah if i had if i had to give up all of those ps plus games my ps3 hard drive would be pretty empty actually <laughs> i have like i i put my uh put like a 500 gig drive in my ps3 and that filled up pretty quick and uh and 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 the kind of cool thing about playstation plus um even i guess 
even with all the games that I'm not playing, is that all the stuff that you downloaded, if you were to cancel and then go back to it, like, in a year, all the stuff that you downloaded when you had it the first time should still be available. Yeah. So, like, even if I were to go cold turkey, if I were to, if I were to, like, somehow cancel it right now, Mm -hmm. and then get it in a month, then all the stuff that I'd previously downloaded yeah, because it's, would... because it's attached fine. to your account. It just has, like, an expiration date on the executable. Yeah. That's all it is. Yep. I can't I can't wait until um, I get all those things cleared off my Vita. <laughs> <laughs> I don't th- I'm not even sure how many Vita games I actually own. It can't be more than four. <laughs> see, I, see, a lot of my stuff I got from sales. I'll actually yeah, be curious when I, when I do cancel the PlayStation Plus about... Uh, like how many how many games I actually bought on sales versus got? Is from there an easy I don't way know. to know that? How do you even know no what idea. you actually own? No oh, you know but what? You can. Uh, are... I think you can hold on the on the game uh, in the selection menu, and I think it shows an expires date on it. Yeah, but like, what if uh, you don't okay. have it currently on your system? What if you're looking at a download list of games you have on your account? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably I'll find out soon enough. Yeah, let me know. Do you know what <laughs> else has expired? What's that? This episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking about non Nintendo stuff. Uh, so thank you everybody for sticking with us to listen to this newscast reunion. I guess we'll see you in another hundred episodes. <laughs> um, if not, maybe maybe two fifty. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it more regular. At the, at I, the I, very I least, when two people, when when the rest of us move twice. Yeah, yeah. When rest of when the rest of us move twice, or we get to another round number, <laughs> we'll be back. You'll know where to find us. Yep. But uh, thank you so much for celebrating Connectivity 200 with us, or as I like to call it, Newscast 269, or um, 71. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- this is Newscast. Uh, thank you, Andy, Zach, and Nathan for joining me again. I miss you guys. Lovely as always. Bye. 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 Hello, Newscast. I'm not sure whether this will make it to the Newscast, but I figure, why not ask some questions? I'm sure we've all asked before. I think, I think Nathan, you missed part of this, is that, that, that we were cutting it down to one of the four <laughs> oh. questions. Numero trace, right? Yeah. Well, shite. Can we, can, we can just edit that <laughs> out, because... <laughs> hey, Nick, edit this out. There's only, there's only two questions here. Uh, okay. There's one question. One question. I see two oh, questions. Never mind. Marks. There's they were that used to be all under bullet point three. That's all. Oh, so I could have just kept reading and everything would have been okay. <laughs> Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have an updated document. Oh jeez. <coughs> well. Writes. Yeah. <laughs> So now we're going to jump into a listener mail segment. So we're going to be pretty short, probably. We only have sort of uh, one question and one uh, experience, I guess. So, Adam, um, yeah, we got some we got some emails. Woo! Yeah, we got some emails. They can finally come out of the dungeon. <laughs> so, do you want to take the 
first one from NintyFan87. Uh, sure. All right, so NintyFan87 writes, uh, So here is my story about Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Stadium. My older brother was trying to beat the cups in Pokemon Stadium. I think it was the Pika Cup or Petite Cup. You only had level 15 to 20 Pokemon that you can use. My older brother would always struggle and lose against the last two trainers. I decided to help him out because I wanted to get the Dodrio Game Boy. I caught a Lapras and taught him Surf, Blizzard, Thunderbolt, and Recover, I think, but for sure the first three moves. I trained Lapras to level 20. We picked Lapras to use all the time, and he absolutely destroyed everyone. Until the last trainer. He threw out Dragonair, his last Pokemon, and we threw out Lapras. We used Blizzard, and it missed! Of course, his Dragonair had Thunderbolt. We used Blizzard again, and it missed, and he used Thunderbolt again. Somehow, we were still alive. We used Blizzard, and it finally hit him, and he fainted in one shot. Pretty epic-sounding battle, I guess. Yeah, I just want to say, I hated those cups so much because they used strategy, and Mm -hmm. my, my strategy in Pokemon was always to, to cheat and get all my Pokemon to level 100. Yep. And you can't, it doesn't really help you out in Pokemon Stadium. I, uh, I never, like, I own Pokemon Stadium now, but I didn't own it until recently, basically. And um, so I've never played through the, like, the battles in that game. So I might have to try it eventually. Um, yeah. The game's, like, so slow, though, now. I, I put it in a little bit just to test it out. And it's like, ah, uh, the, selecting the moves and then the animation's all really slow. Like, it looks all right, but it's probably going to get irritating at how slow it moves. Yeah, I was pretty mad at, at I went back to Omega Ruby recently, and mm. I was like, damn, these battles are so slow. And then I realized that I had the animations turned off. So <laughs> I had the battle animations turned off. So like they weren't even like using their moves. They were just standing there taking damage. And still, I felt that it was too slow because there's the animation of like throwing out your Pokemon, and then they're like Pega, and then they, they throw out their Pokemon and they stand there for a while. I don't know, yeah. and you have to watch them faint. Oh, it was really bad in the stadium though. They were like so over dramatic. They would like stumble around and like, put their hands on their heads, like oh no, and then faint. He had the announcer. Squirtle used hydro pump. You know, like. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about the announcer. I want I want him to announce my life. Adam entered a room. <laughs> Adam sat in his chair. Wild. Adam is still <laughs> sitting in his chair. <laughs> uh, Alright, so... Yeah, well, we'll move on to the second and last question, I suppose. Now, this is a pretty long one. Um... So we we have cut it down a bit, but uh, I guess, yeah, I might cut it down a little more as I'm reading it, but we'll see how we go. So this is from Scars No More. Hey guys, I haven't written in a while, but I still enjoy listening to the show. I miss, miss Josh's awkward jokes and humor. I always lose my composure listening to him rant with Kim and Becky. I can't believe he hasn't podcasted in such a long time. Anyway, I really enjoyed the Pokemon discussion. I started my trainer journey with Pokemon Yellow and a teal Game Boy Color for my 10th birthday. I could not believe that Pikachu was following me around and that all the Pokemon looked so great. I remember vaguely playing Gold, but but never beating it. I skipped Ruby and Sapphire because I didn't have a GBA then. Then I remember getting 
excited for Diamond and Pearl and getting that when the came, game came out. I lost so much time mining for no reason. I fell off track with Black and White and didn't hop on X and Y as I felt I was past Pokemon. You never pass Pokemon. No, no one really never. gets over Pokemon. We're all 10 forever. <laughs> then I got Pokemon Trozai? Trozy? Trozai. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... <It's> <laughs> It's not the greatest Pokemon game, but it got me interested again when I couldn't recognize half of the Pokemon. Then my wife really got into Pokemon Rumble Blast. We picked it up for something like $8. She said that she remembers really liking Pokemon and we should play a Pokemon game together. I purchased Omega Ruby for myself and got um, Alpha Sapphire for her. We were on par for some time, but then she stopped playing and I made it all the way to the last gym and beat it. Then I kind of fell off the wagon again. I can't bring myself to face the Elite Four. I feel like the game will definitely be over that by then, and my wife will probably be a little mad that I didn't wait for her. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a little too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you a lot farther than she is. Then Nintendo goes on to announce Sun and Moon with very little information. I want to know more so that I can see if I can get my wife hyped about it again. It would be nice to get into it again. I have a question for you guys. Seeing as there have been there has been little in- information about the game and so many rumors, what would be the best thing for you guys to see in the new game? I heard that I heard a rumor that this game was supposed to be bringing it all together and that all the regions could be in the same game. Wouldn't that be crazy? Going back and forth in the regions and facing different gym gyms and the Elite Four and then face red at the very end of it all where he meets you and says I've been expecting you. And then you have an epic battle only to wake up and realize that it was all a dream and you have to do it all over again. That's too cruel. Just beat ready and you get it all over with. Also, would they add more Pokemon? Do you think we have another 100 Pokemon coming our way or just a few? I'm starting to lose track of the amount of Pokemon. P.S. I'll take a Mew code if you still have them. Lol. Uh, I don't think we do, do we? No, we're all out. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> PPS. Adam, I started playing Ingress. I'm not a big fan. Well, you need someone to take you out and play Ingress. You can't play by yourself. You have to get out in the community, find the Google Plus community for your area, and there will be people playing Ingress, and they will show you how to play Ingress. So, as for Sun and Moon, um, what do we think? Do we think there's going to be some crazy... Multi, multi-region epic or not really? I really want it to have all the regions and the regions from the GameCube games and um, <laughs> like the Orange Islands and all the Battle Frontiers. Like, I want it to have everything, but I don't think it's going to. It's, yeah, um, it seems unlikely that they're going to have everything in, in like, every single region. Unless they've been uh, working on this for a really long time because... Like, X and Y were kind of bare and empty. Mm. There was just nothing to do. So if they started around that same time making this game, then maybe it could have all the regions. But then I'd feel really mad because I just paid, like, $40 for Hoenn. And if they're going <laughs> to give me all the regions for $40, like, I would be pissed. Well, if it was all the same, if it was, a, like, if they brought Hoenn into Sun and Moon, say, like, it's not going to be... Ruby and Sapphire. It's just going to be that landmass, maybe like a little bit in the future or something. So, 
it would be different, like, experience, I guess, but... Yeah. As for other new stuff, um, what would be interesting to see in Sun and Moon? Um... Um, did, I don't know if X and Y and Oris had day-night cycles, but I feel like this one will probably have day-night cycles, just because it's sun and moon. Yeah, um, they probably added the day-night cycles in Ruby and Sapphire, didn't they? No, I don't even know if X and Y had day-night cycles. Like, I feel like it was only gold and silver. No, I'm pretty sure it did. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty sure it, it had day and night again. I know they um, like to do days of the week, mm. which that is always really annoying. Like you can only catch Scyther on Tuesdays. They're going to extend that out to being like Animal Crossing, so it's a real calendar year. Oh, they did that kind of in black and white, where every month was a different season. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I remember the last day of winter, <laughs> my friends and I all went to that ice mountain. And tried to catch Cryogonal, because he was the mm. last Pokemon that we needed for our Unova Pokedex. And there was like a 2% chance of finding him in the winter, and like a 1% chance of finding him not in the winter. So we were like, oh, we're never going to find him if we don't catch him in the winter. So <laughs> we, we, we definitely made sure to catch him. Um, but for new Pokemon, uh, I don't know how many new Pokemon we're going to get. Because X and Y only had like forty new Pokemon or something, and then they added It'll the probably megas. Be like they'll probably lean on adding more Mega evolutions again, maybe, um, along with some new Pokemon. And I don't really like Mega evolutions. Like I feel like some Pokemon still need normal evolutions, mm. and they don't all need Mega evolutions. Yeah, I don't really like the whole Mega thing. Like it's okay, I guess, but. I don't know. Part of me thinks it just sort of cheapens the whole Pokemon, um, like, feeling a bit. It makes it feel a bit more like Digimon or something. Oh, well, there's a rumor that this new one is going to have, like, fusions with people. Uh, like that. I hope not. I like, really hope not. That's probably going to go too far for me. It sounds like, awful. Fusing. Yeah, there's some, there was a rumor going around that was, like, Pokemon and humans are going to be able to fuse together or something, right? So... Maybe your trainer, your trainer, and your Pokemon can morph into a, some sort of crazy Pokemon. Well, there's fight. there's the Ash Greninja that has mm. like markings that are similar to his hat or something. So I mm. wonder. That's in the anime, right? Yeah. But I wonder if that's gonna be like if they're gonna take away outfits and they just give you one outfit because otherwise they'd have to figure out what every Pokemon looks like when it's fused with every different outfit. Hmm. So they well, they basically you... already took away the outfits in Ruby Sapphire. Well, Ruby and Sapphire didn't have outfits to yeah, start with. so? <laughs> they added other new stuff. I mean, it's not like it would have been difficult for them to add some clothes options again. But those are iconic outfits, man. Brendan and May, like, oh my gosh. Didn't iconic. they change how they looked in the 3DS versions anyway? They didn't, the characters didn't look exactly the same anyway. I don't know. I don't remember what they looked like. I just remember that they were iconic, man. Wait, was Brendan was Brendan in the anime? No. No, I think he was. I think so. I mean, was he like an asshole? He was mean to May and also wanted to be like a... He might, Maybe he did turn up... The character design did turn up in an episode or two. I can't remember. 
I don't remember either. That's important. But yeah, I thought May was cool in the anime and stuff. I never understood why people liked May so much. I liked Max. <laughs> she was also voiced by Veronica Taylor, Ash's voice actor. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh man, who did Max? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I don't know. It'd be great if she did Max too. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, but I, I, I don't think so. It's probably stretching it a bit too far to have her voice three of the current ca- main characters. Man, it would have been great if she took over Brock in the Pokedex. <laughs> and it was just Veronica Taylor, her many personalities on a Pokemon journey. What do you think about... I thought, I've, um, Going back to like ideas for what we would like to see in like a new Pokemon game, um, an idea I had ages ago was to make it... They should maybe consider doing like one version has... Make it sort of like Oracle of Ages and Seasons... So there's two distinct um, regions on each like version. So then you could like I don't know do like a password swap or you know transfer your data over to the uh, the other version and continue the adventure. It'd be like oh. having two regions but um, split split across the two different cartridges. You know I don't know if they do that. I like that idea though. I could see them doing that with the other regions, where like mm. in Sun after you beat it you get like. Kanto, and then yeah. maybe um, Moon gets, like, yeah, one of the later ones or something, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, th- I think that would be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty good. It just it would just make people, you know, want to buy both versions even more, I guess, but... Yeah. I wouldn't mind, like, I wouldn't mind having, um... I know X and Y had a lot of Pokemon, but I wouldn't mind having, like, just sort of two versions, like the next two versions that come out just have everything everything catchable in between those two versions. Um you know, just to make it simpler. Yeah, that'd be nice. I remember when Ruby and Sapphire came out, I was so upset because you could only catch like two hundred Pokemon. <laughs> but there were like, like Yeah, two hundred and nineteen I think or something. But there were like three hundred Pokemon at the time. Yeah. So it was like, how am I supposed to get the rest of these? And then he found mm-hmm. out you had to buy Fire Red and Leaf Green. Or trade with Coliseum and XD. But like, that was like a few years later. That was... Red and Green came out in like 2006. I know, Ruby it was Sapphire like a... It came out in 2003 or something. Yeah, was, 2003. It was like a dirty trick that they made us do that. I didn't catch them all anyway. I haven't caught all the Pokemon since Red and Blue, even though I've said at the start of each generation oh yeah i'm gonna catch all of them and it just keeps getting harder and harder i usually catch all of the local pokemon yeah and then i'm like well i have the other ones so Mm. i have caught them all in my lifetime but maybe not on this cart yeah um most importantly how is he gonna get his wife hyped about this game if it coming all together doesn't hype her up then like (laughs) is she a lost cause uh, you know, people go through, I had to, do you say how far she got? She got like a little way in, right? So I don't know. My girlfriend Talia also started, um, Y, I'm sorry, X when it came out and she's only got like two or three badges. Oh my um, gosh. She's, she keeps saying, Oh, I want to go back, but I just haven't got around to it. It's just like, yeah, busy even doing other stuff. But And you, how long have you guys been dating? Um, 
like eight years. <laughs> eight <laughs> years, and she only has three badges. Man, she does not oh, have the enough. The game only came out a few years ago, though. It's not like it came out eight years ago. She does not have enough badges to train you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like Sun and Moon, is. I guess I'm excited about it a little bit. I guess we need to find out a bit more information. I would like to see yeah some footage and some you know plans of what they're thinking about, but I'm not really in the Pokemon mood too much at the moment. I for for some reason yeah with like Pokemon and stuff, I really need to be in like that. I don't know some sort of feelings like yeah it's Pokemon time, but I haven't felt like that for a while, so I'm not sure. I want it to have something to do after you beat the Elite Four. I want it to be in 3D and at least 10 frames a second. You know, no more of this 5 frames a second bullshit that we've been getting. Like, come on. I have a new 3DS. Yeah, I really, it has I really zero games be. for it. Like, it would be nice if it worked, like, ran okay on the new 3DS. Mm. I really hope that they've improved the engine a lot since um, X and Y. So it runs, yeah, it runs smoothly. It might even have 3D in the overworld, maybe. Probably not, but... <laughs> now, the the NX is supposed to come out this fiscal year, so it should be well, out before March. Well, it seems March. like rumors, rumors are pointing towards, yeah, Paul. No, that's what least... they said in their, at the year-end from 2015, oh. in March, that year-end of 2016. Oh, wait, no, it's not the end of the year yet. Anyways... They said that next year the NX was going to be a big part of their sales. Mm. So, do you so yeah, as it, you know, it'll probably at least something about one of the NXs or whatever will probably come out around Christmas time. I'd imagine it just seems like it's going to happen. Um, but so, yeah, if it's like a handheld sort of thing, it would be nice if I don't know Pokemon did something to run good better on that or offered some extra functionality or unlocked something. And what um, if it doesn't run at all? Like what if it doesn't have two screens? Like there was that they patented that like donut mm, circle yeah. device. That does that would not play three DS games. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah it's hard to say. Like are they gonna try and maintain three DS backwards compatibility going forward with the NX I uh, it might be too difficult just to, or the or the experience is going to be so compromised. You're not going to really want to like if it was like one screen. I guess it could probably display the two, 3DS screens like inside that, but it's not very ideal. Um, I don't so, know. I yeah. guess we'll have to wait. Have to wait and see. Wait till E3. <laughs> At least I don't know. I you have a wow. feeling they'll announce it like a week it comes out like mm. they do with eShop games they'll be like you can go download the nx update to your 3ds right now oh by the way <laughs> i think the nx is just a software update everyone is talking about hardware i think it's a, a software update the nx isn't really a platform it's like a it's a digital platform so it just yeah you and 3ds get turned into the nx yeah and you can install it on your phone and you can play like uh, mario versus donkey kong right there on your phone <laughs> on the nx platform Oh, yay, the more minis, yay. Exactly. Anyway, we've gotten fairly off track, I guess, but... Always, always. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Scars No More and NintiFan87 for sending something in for us to chat about. 
Um, if you'd like to send in an email to Connectivity, please do at connectivity, connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com or um, follow us on Twitter, which is at ConnectivityNWR. So thanks, Adam, for having a chat with me. Oh, well, if you don't mind, I do have a pretty big announcement to make. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Nintendo World Report is playing through Paper Mario! So if you want to play with Paper Mario, or play Paper Mario with us, um, you can go to the site. We have a thread there um, on social media. We're using hashtag NWRGameClub. Um, there are four Paper Mario games, and right now we're playing the first one for Nintendo 64, and God only knows what we'll feel like playing after that, uh, but it's really <laughs> exciting, uh, because Paper Mario, this is the first time I've ever played it, uh, but keep your eyes on the site, and maybe on this feed, and you might hear a bunch of stuff about Paper Mario all the time. Paper Mario, there will Paper be Mario. a free demo, uh, put out on the site too you know just you can cut it out yourself and print it out yourself <laughs> a picture of paper mario that was like their marketing for paper mario and like magazines and stuff it just had a picture of paper mario with like a dotted outline and it said free demo or something you know i have a giant sticker of paper mario from sticker star and mm. I, I always wanted to put it up but i did not like sticker star but you'll have to wait to hear what i think about sticker star because that might come up someday. That's going to take a while, I'd imagine. Yes, <laughs> <get> they're, <laughs> they're very long games. Mm. All right, cool. So uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll go into the next segment. Woo! final segment of this episode 200 of connectivity we are going to end the show on the themesters segment today we are going to be uh, playing pokemon music and discussing uh, the games again uh, with me today is um perry burkham hello there alex kalafi hello comrades and adam abu nasa I can't believe that I'm on a podcast with Alex Kalafi. You know what, Adam? <laughs> what? You, my first uh, in ever episode on connectivity was like, episode like 25, there was a Pokemon segment. Episode 200, like 170 later. Oh, so I don't think I introduced myself again, so yeah, once again, I'm Nicholas Bray. <laughs> oh, hi, I Nick. always forget to introduce myself. Um, so yeah, we'll just uh, jump into the main meat of this, this segment. So Perry, how are we approaching today's Pokemon extravaganza? Well, today is going to be a little different than our couple past ones. This time we don't have to pay for airfares, right? We don't have to... I know. We don't have, we don't have to go to Sarasaland. <laughs> Definitely. That that put us in the hole a lot, so we're making up for that. Now, now I just had to record everything from my house, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so basically, instead of having the whole show and the whole, all the songs 
around one genre, one theme. Uh, I had these fine young men pick a song from Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, um, or Green, because someone's saying, and Green. Mine um, were from Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and so each one picked one song, and they picked a genre, and they sent it to me. And then I tried to do that. Emphasis on try. <laughs> it's. I was hoping that I would get those easy melodic, uh, you know, ones. And and Nick did it. Gave me a break, and then I cut myself a break. And then there's Adam and Alex that have to send me these crazy songs. But we'll get into that later. It it worked out fine. It worked out just fine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No spoilers. It may have worked out fine, listeners. We'll find out. <laughs> right, 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 right. Let's open up on a song from the game, Saint Anne, just to get us into the mood of what the game sounds like. And, you know, I know everyone knows what it does, but it'll make us feel a lot better. So let's do Saint Anne right now, and then we'll come back. Saint Anne from the game. Uh, Nick chose a song. Nick, why do you like this song so much? Uh, it's not that I love the song a lot. It's just, uh, you know, I try to pick something that isn't covered or played to death on, on a like, Pokemon sort of soundtrack appreciation things. Uh, the, the track itself gives off, I don't know, it, it sounds sort of like a royal theme from like, you might have heard this in like in a castle or something in an older RPG yep. from Super yep. Nintendo or something. It has that same sort of rhythmic and uh, melodic feel to it. It feels like it's yeah, like a royalty or something. Yeah, I mean like the the way that the, the little chiptune sounds and how it's sustained, it kind of sounds like it's in a big hall, like it's having big echoes and it's just kind of always, yeah. it's always, you know, the reverb is always sustained and so it sounds really cool like that. Yeah, I love that song. I think it's really cool. Saint Anne. Uh, I guess I'm like thinking of the anime itself, but Saint Anne is uh, intended to be like a kind of regal setting, right? Like a Titanic almost type setup. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's like for the rich people, I think. Th- that's how I always imagined it. Yeah, the yeah. the the, the pokey aristocrats or something. <laughs> I think yeah. the reason that I hate that song is because that part of the game is like the first really hard part so that song like is stuck in my head from how much time i had to spend like running back and forth 
going to the Pokemon Center and coming back. And everyone wanted to fight you. There's actually a lot of trainers on that boat as well. I, yeah, I usually yeah. have to go into every single room because I don't want to miss anything. So I know, I love takes that me part. Ages. I love, and like looking through all the trash cans. Yeah, it takes ages just to do that. Yeah. There's only one trash can that has anything. So uh, It is this part of the game where Gary's Raticate dies though, right? Um, <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. I think we we see that the effects of that in Lavender Town, I think. Right, but right. but the death happens here. I don't think we ever saw that. Did we see him die? Like, see him well, no, we didn't something? see him die, but the Raticate's last appearance was here, I think. Oh, okay. And then yeah. he disappears. Mm. And, uh... are, are you talking about, like, in the actual game or, like, the yeah. anime? Yeah, the game. The, the game. Oh. No, Gary's gotcha. Raticate doesn't die in a scripted narrative event. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, you see him, and then the next time you battle him, he doesn't have the Raticate anymore. So <laughs> a very special like... episode. He didn't just, you know, put him in the PC. He died. Hey, it sounds like a good episode to, to you know, develop Gary's character, you know. <laughs> oh, I kind of like Gary, you know. Gary has a heart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. This is, this is something else. But it's one of the best songs on the soundtrack. I think uh, another one, you know what, I'll just say it. Vermilion City might be one of the only ones that's better than this song, in my opinion. Let's go on to the next song then, because it happens to be Vermilion City. Now, this is a song that I I covered, um, the one that I chose. Uh, I I picked a mountain folk song. I'm bringing back the bazooki from episode one of Themesters when we did. I put bazooki on all those uh, Earthbound songs. Yeah, or, that was uh, good. Mm. Mother One songs. And um, so uh, this one is Vermilion City. You imagine... All these nice shepherds with their lutes and and old mandolins up on the mountain getting together at night uh, around a fire. And, and there you go. There you have it. It also is, there's also a bonus at the beginning. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to listen to it. So I'm going to go ahead and play it and we'll talk about it right after.
All right, that was Vermilion City, and what was before that? Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Keep going. <laughs> no, I, I can't do it anymore. Jigglypuff. Yeah. Now I'm asleep. I should be asleep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What time is it there? Uh, it's only like two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> oh gosh, you should be asleep. <laughs> Um. Anyway, yeah. So that was Jigglypuff slash Vermilion City. Uh, I love those tracks so much, and I love that it was that it was adapted for the anime too, and how that's such a big part of yeah. the anime, which is really yeah. cool. So, and Jigglypuff is like a Smash character, which is hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, that's one of the biggest trolls in Smash is the Jigglypuff. So. It's, I'm just saying it's the catchiest song on the entire original soundtrack. It is, I would actually say, my favorite song on the soundtrack. The one I picked is, like, my second, but, like, Vermilion City's On Point. It's the it's the song I think of when I think of this soundtrack. Yes, I, it is, like, the essential Pokemon sound. Hmm. Like, yeah, totally. I've never really had that much of an uh, affinity for, like, in that regard, sort of like thinking about it is like soon as you think of Pokemon. I guess I usually my mind usually goes to like Pallet Town or something yeah. um, instead. But Vermilion City, the the song itself does have like that seasidey, um, breezy feel to it in the game. Um, this version uh, Perry's done is a little more laid back, and it's yeah, it's closer to those bluegrass um, tracks that we did on the Mother episode. And it's a style I really like. It's really easy to listen to. And, um, yeah, the book ending it with the Jigglypuff theme was nice as well. Because it, it blended quite well, actually. Yeah, they were in different time signatures, but, you know. Yeah. It has, doesn't really matter. Same, same, same beats nice. per minute, so. Yeah. Alex mm-hmm. has his own awesome video podcast called Nintendo News Report. And there's not a just audio version, is there? No, it's one thing we've been talking about for a very long time and people want us to do, so it's probably going to happen someday. But for now, it is exclusive to our Nintendo World Report TV yes. YouTube channel. It, uh, it, yes. it's, it happens every week on Wednesday or Thursday area. You can follow our Twitters, which, whatever, that it'll be on there. Uh, it is our new news show. It's basically my attempt at reviving what newscast used to be. And what makes me excited to say that is that we're only like five or six episodes away from doing more episodes than Newscast did before it wow. turned into connectivity. So, uh, it's... <laughs> well, Newscast has got another episode in this episode, so there's one it's more. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> seven weeks, <laughs> but, but we're gonna get there. And as we all know, whatever has the most episodes is the better show. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Happy 200 connectivity. <laughs> yeah, I would be one of those guys saying, please put an audio form out because I I just, I can listen to that at work, you know, like yeah. easily. And of course I could put a, a phone running YouTube in my pocket, but then that's just. Yeah, but I'd why would that. you do that? That's a battery, that. you know? I'd do that. I've done that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll do it. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Alex, I want you what I was going to say is I bet you've told this story on a podcast before, but I was just wondering, what what was your original Pokemon experience when you first found out about it? 
I, I was scared that you were going to ask me this exact question. As I was, I was walking to my apartment, I was like, I'm going to do this podcast. They're going to ask me how I started playing Pokemon, aren't they? And the answer to that question is, <laughs> I'm not sure that I remember. Because oh, it was so okay. long ago. Well, I mean, it was one of my first games. It's the game I played when I was, what, maybe four or five years old. I was born in 94. So, like, I even I was late to the party when it came out. But, like, that was the way I connected to my friends, my brother, my cousins. Like, it, it shaped my childhood as much as anything else did. As much as Nickelodeon did. It was one of the core tenets of my childhood. Mm. Uh, to the point where I became known as a Pokemon guy, even at age 21. What I will say, though, <laughs> is however... Pokemon got started in my life and however it made its uh however it got its claws into me what I realized listening to these songs this uh soundtrack and then also being excited for the virtual console release happening this week as of this recording whenever I oh, listen yes. to this music I get weirdly emotional in a way that I don't get for any other soundtrack for any game movie uh, even any, like, music made by musicians, I'm not really a music guy, but when I listen to this original soundtrack, the original Junichi Masuda, uh, Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow soundtrack, I get weirdly, like, I don't know if I tear up, but I get, like, two steps away from tearing up. It just, that, it has yeah, that resonance. Of, like, it, it, I don't know. I, I completely understand that. Like I like my my insides are crying when I listen to Pokemon music. <laughs> yeah, it, it connects with me on a level that no other game soundtrack does. And whatever my I don't know if like Red Blue Yellow still stacks up as my favorite RPG of all time because the game's aged weird. I'm sure you guys have talked about that before, but regardless of that, it's probably the most important game soundtrack that has ever affected my life. Yes, I would agree with that, and I would say that Pokemon Red and Blue has to be, like, a, for a mass audience, one of the most nostalgic things, like, in their whole life. Because it definitely is for me. Um, just, yeah. you know, because I was so little, so that's just burned into me. So, I would recommend, for anyone who's listening right now, um, if you're... If you're in a very noisy place, it's not going to be as good. But if, listen on headphones because it's pretty ambient, and I think you'll have a better experience. But anyway, this is Lavender Town.
It was kind of scary. It was really scary. It like filled me like with dread. I'm sitting here in my house and I'm listening on headphones. It is and... the spooky, the spooky town in a weird way. But uh, the way I sort of envisioned Lavender Town back, you know, back when I was playing it, it sort of originally, and the inspiration, I guess, for my request was that Lavender Town was like always dreary, rainy, sort of an unpleasant place to be. I always think of it as like it would be like a sparse town with like you know a couple of villages sort of shuffling along the footpath sort of like every now and then be like you don't really want to go outside in Lavender town it's really gray and bleak that's why it's raining and like the wind sort of whisping through the buildings and stuff like you know yeah. that's the the feeling like you should get from it like i mean the, the original track isn't it's sort of like a little bit sparse but it is sort of like bait in a weird way as well yeah like it's, it's not... like bizarre kind of yeah Jarring. Yeah. Mm. yeah you know uh this is it's kind of funny it's kind of a weird parallel but um i feel like lavender town is almost like a town that would be in earthbound mm. like uh. i feel like they're they're hitting like the same notes like the same vibes like just kind of weird and there's like a weird tower of cubone ghosts so nostalgic that getting to that town over there so like lavender town's a pretty small town as well um in the game at least and you just made it through rock tunnel and then you come into lavender town it's sort of just like a little, tiny little town with like not much in it like a graveyard <laughs> i guess like a, a real life parallel to like maybe the the feeling of lavender town could be like those you know how in japan there's a lot of rural towns that are sort of like have a really small population now um, mm. like out in the sticks is like a lot of people have moved away and like there's yeah, not many people there. So that sort of be like lavender town in real life. It's just like a town with hardly anyone in it. It Lots sounds of... like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. What's so uh, interesting about the music to lavender town as it originally existed. And so what I like about this new song is that like it's uh, it's concrete. Like it has a clear, scary theme you know exactly what it is, and it goes for it. What's weird about the original Lavender Town music is that I can't tell if it's actually trying to be frightening or if it's trying to be unnerving or if it's just trying to be, like, a song and then it happened to be interpreted that way. Because the music to Lavender Town sounds really weird and uncomfortable, and the memory mm. I associate with this is actually, like, being scared to even go into that town when I was younger because the music was just so jarring and unnerving in, like, a really unusual, unconventional way. I think it's sort yeah. of, like, irritating. It's, like, so, like a little bit oppressive, maybe. Like, yeah. it's just sort of... I don't know. It's not in, that enjoyable to, li like, to listen to for a long time. Like, it's sort of just... Yeah. Um, and, like, the original release, the song was a bit different, which was later edited slightly because it was causing something some problems or something people say it was making people commit suicide but that's just a no that's a creepypasta let's let's chill <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah no, there was a technical reason i think why they dropped a couple of sound channels or something out of it oh, I, it had like really high notes in it that like people couldn't even hear that made people like a little dizzy um but what i i really don't like what they did in gold and silver with this song just so happy and i think they took out the pokemon tower and put like a store there or something 
Like they see, they, they brought more people in, and it became a happy place. So they bulldozed the <laughs> the graveyard, and then they just made the song a little more upbeat. It's like creepier. Like they're trying to hide their deep dark past. Yeah, the dark past of Lavender Town from two I'm, years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to oh. it right now. It's uh, what's the difference between the two, and anyone listening at home can listen to this on their own time also. What they do with this song is that how it's like, dun, 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 dun. The notes are longer in the gold and silver version, and then also, instead of the weird, like, ghostly track that starts playing under it once it kicks in, it's like almost like this happy, joyous lullaby instead. It, it is a little unnerving in its own way, but I agree, the original's better. Yeah, the original is... It's it's much better. Why don't why don't for the sake of the audience, why don't I just start playing the one from Gold and Silver right now? Whoa! Yeah, now it's playing behind us. Isn't it crazy what you can do? That is yeah. crazy. You should just not include it. Nope. Just leave silence. <laughs> it feels like I'm there. It's amazing. You know, I I really wish that we could hear it too, but we're the ghosts of Lavender Town. And we're buried with the graveyard. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's creepy. We are the ghosts of Lavender Town. We are. Let's go ahead and move on to Alrighty. the next song. Sure. Um, Adam, this is your original soundtrack song pick. All right, this song is the ringtone when my brother, Douche, calls me. It's Rival Appears. And this song is just like, because it just makes you feel like, yeah! Like, if... If, if you were the rival, if someone walked up to you playing this music, you would be like, oh, great, I hate this guy. But if you're playing that music, you feel so awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to kick your butt. I have the Pokemon yes. that's stronger than your Pokemon. You smell bad, and I'm going to smell you. Like, it's, ah, it's such a good song. Awesome. Well, let's listen to it right now. And that was the rival appears. So that was uh, Adam's pick. Um, so what did we think about that track, everyone? I want that song to play like out of my gravestone when I die, like anyone that shows up. Like, oh no, it's this douchebag. I wish we like we. I just wish we had like theme songs for like yeah, like events and stuff like that. Like maybe like you're playing tennis with someone, you just walk in and the rival appears theme plays and stuff. No, I do that kind of stuff. I play it on my phone. I uh, have like a giant Bluetooth speaker. I walk in a class, like wearing like those really big douchey sunglasses that go over my normal sun or my normal and a, glasses and a, and a popped collar and everything. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but my collar pops itself on accident all the time. Like I don't know what it is, <laughs> but it looks really bad. That's the thing though. Like if you actually had this on your gravestone, and then if I went to your gravestone and then this song started playing, I would think you were about to walk up behind me. <laughs> I am. A, my ghost is there. I want to be buried with my 3DS. You're like, Ooh. at least we could still maybe street pass you or something if it's hooked up to a power supply. But only ten times. 
<laughs> this image in my head is getting funnier and funnier. About the idea uh, yeah. that there will never be a handheld you'll like more than a 3DS between now and the time you die. <laughs> um, yeah, I want the original 3DS with the lines down the screen and the broken thumb pad. <laughs> the ambassador. Terrible hey. life. Did, is anyone else picturing Adam, like Adam's grave with like an orange extension cord like going into the ground? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like just hooked up to like a, like to the, where like the grave digger lives? Dumpey. Yeah, Dumpey. <laughs> So Alex, uh, what did you think about this track, The Rival Appears? It's, uh... Even though I guess I don't treat it as, like, one of the songs on the soundtrack, because it's not, like, extended in the same way Vermilion City or Viridian City or Pallet yeah. Town would be, I guess it is a song in its own right, and I guess because it's one of the first sounds you hear in the game, like, it's the second song you probably... Mm, like, third or fourth, actually. Because mm, mm. there's that, like intro song and then there's the dun, 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 and then there's the professor oak song and then pallet town this is one, still one of the first songs you hear in the game and i think that's why it's probably one of the most memorable songs in the entire soundtrack as a result so. yeah and it's just whenever your rival comes out you're just like ah oh, it's that guy exactly you associate destroy it him. with uh, blue <laughs> yeah so let's go ahead and go into our third cover song. And Adam, this was your pick. This was the Sylph Company theme. Yeah, this is actually um, the song that plays in my house. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I don't actually like this song, I don't, I don't think, really. So. The Sylph Company, evil villain organ music style. I think it's uh, the theme they're playing Google headquarters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they have a headquarters where I live. Just oh, go no there way. and leave it. They have one where I live, too. Actually, same, no. honestly. So, but, well, kind of. Oh, like, I'm in oh. Boston. This one's in Cambridge, so relatively close. Yeah. Um, Alex, I guess you don't know this, but Perry and I are, like, neighbors like he lives really? across the river yeah we live we, we literally live like 10 minutes apart damn literally yeah, like i think i mean I, i'm assuming if he lives in omaha so it's so weird okay let me let me explain myself i i, I didn't like the original track that much in the in the in the game because 
I was in the stupid building for so long <laughs> that it just got irritating after a while. Ah, so, yeah. oh, let me out of this place. Let me. It was so, just so annoying. Um, uh, this version's more fun. It, it's like a it sounds like a fun house or something like a, a like a clown. It's like a dude running around in a clown suit and. It's like, yeah, like a mirror, house of mirrors or something. It, it gives up that sort of feel. That's my house, all right. Me and my clown suit <laughs> running around with the mirrors. No. That's your cosplay. You're cosplaying clown. Oh, uh, but this song, I always felt like it had that, like, you know, that, that weird, like, water magnet thing that you, like, wave your hand over. What What is that instrument? The, the one that's like, you know, the, you know. The oh, the teleport, is it the teleporting thing? No, the the musical instrument that has the, the, that makes those the, sounds. The theremin. The cer- oh. Theremin. Oh, yeah. theremin. Yeah. Yeah. This song yeah. always reminded me of one of those. Mm. Uh, as, as a cover, I was really getting some vibes of the uh, Thriller, like the Vincent Price voiceover from the song Thriller by Michael Jackson. I, I don't know if you know what <laughs> I'm talking about, but when he does that yeah, laugh. Yeah. 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 I actually went to Vincent Price and had him record for us oh it's uh dug him up <laughs> well yeah i mean how else am i gonna go to vincent price he only died 23 years ago says wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> yeah vincent price is awesome he's oh. kind of smelly now but um <laughs> yeah so let's just go ahead and move on i thought that w- that was fun it's good i think the, the cover sounds good it is a fun like a fun track um, yeah, it was... yeah, inside the game itself, like I used to just find it, it got annoying yeah. after like a while. Because like the Silt Company thing takes a while to get through. It's like eleven floors of nonsense, isn't it? Like yeah, even this past playthrough, it it took me a very long time to get through that. And I'm a grown man, and I had the strategy guide, oh, and yeah. it still took a long time. This is where you get the Lapras, right? Yeah, you get the Lapras. Well, first you have to lose the to Gary. the Master Ball, right? I, I, yeah, I lost to my rival and got sent all the way back out. And then I came back in, and I was completely lost. I had to do it all again. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. It's so awful. Oh, the tragedy. <laughs> the tragedy, you know. I'm a, I'm a grown-up. I have better things to do than you wandering around Silph Company. Uh, Maybe you should beat, uh, beat you know, Gary. Or whatever his name is. Gary. Well, I did it out of order. Like, I found out you could glitch and, like, skip a big part. So I did that. But then I was too weak to beat this little company. Ah. So I had to go back and do all the stuff that I skipped. I think that's called then... sweet comeuppance. Mm. Uh-huh. I think that's called being a novice. novice. Oh, you're a novice. Novice! <laughs> we are going to move on to the next song, Celadon City, and also a bonus track right before. So let's go ahead and listen to him right now. Thank you. 
So now is the part in the show where we're going to be talking a little about uh, Mr. Junichi Masuda, who made the music for the original Pokemon games, but also took on greater roles later in his career. So the way I understand it, and I think I probably have this at least 80% right, you guys can go to Wikipedia for, for some of the gaps, uh, Satoshi Tajiri, the original Pokemon guy, was the designer, everything, he was, he was the main honcho for both Pokemon Red and Blue and uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver. That was, that was his baby, and it's, it's probably the main reason why those two generations have specifically that classic Pokemon feeling as opposed to Ruby and Sapphire onward, which took their own uh, hmm. uh, huge turns. Yeah. So, so he was he was yeah, the guy in the original. Uh, Junichi Masuda was the guy who did the music in the original games. Now, as the series went on and as Tajiri uh, stepped back more and more, Masuda started picking up roles. And even though Tajiri was still doing stuff through Fire Red and Leaf Green significantly. By the time Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came out, <clears throat> Junichi Masuda became the head guy for Pokemon. He was the main guy making the decisions. He was the director. Uh, he mm. basically became the new face of Pokemon, starting from Ruby and Sapphire, but especially starting from Diamond and Pearl. So he was the one who took the reins over from Satoshi Tajiri after uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, especially. Or that's the way I understand it. Do we know why... He st sort of stepped down or stepped away so from it? So, here's... Uh, I, I have some guesses. It's kind of. Yeah. There's um, probably nothing concrete. I have a guess, but... too. So, here's... I'm going to be careful in how I word this. But Satoshi Tajiri uh, is... He doesn't like dealing with people, as far as I understand. Or at least he struggles with it. For reasons I'm not going to get mm. into, but you can find it out relatively easily if you look on his Wikipedia page. Specific reasons, he does not deal mm. with uh, people that well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just stepped away. Uh, but the fact that he's still an executive producer role makes me think that he's still doing stuff behind the scenes. I'm guessing he just doesn't look... He's not necessarily a face of the company. What I bet happens yeah. now is he's probably like a Miyamoto sort of role almost, where like... He's making final yeah, approvals, like or like he's giving feedback, yeah. but the guy steering the ship, as far as I know, is uh, Mr. Masuda. Yeah, I thought it was because his horse died. <laughs> what? <laughs> is this a Salatiba reference? I have no clue what that is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's that, that's the horse racing uh, game that they put on iOS in oh, Japan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he developed that game when he got a new horse. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, yep. also a recommendation. Just a Pokemon recommendation. Uh, game Center CX. The very popular Japanese game show with uh, Arino. It's basically the retro game challenge, the show that that's based on. Uh, there's a special mm -hmm. that I bet you can find on YouTube where Areno basically goes to the uh, Pokemon Game Freak headquarters around the time of Ruby Sapphire, Fire Red Leaf Green, I think, and he actually talks to and interviews Satoshi Tajiri for a very extended period of time. So you can actually get a good feel for what huh. he's really like uh, in that. And that's... Okay. it's it's There's something so outrageously fascinating about the creation of Pokemon that I dream mm. of the day that a Pokemon Historia could somehow come together. Isn't that what yeah. this show is? Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's beautiful. 
So as for um, Junichi Masuda, um, he also has uh, created music for Mendel Place. Does anyone know anything about that? Nope. Mm-mm. Um, Mario and Warrior. So Mario and Mario and Wario, that's the game where Mario has a bucket on his head. Yes. And it's all in English, but it never came out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. what the heck? That I I have to play that game. That sounds like one of my like it would be my that's favorite so game. So weird. And then the other two, the other two that are we listed here is um Pulse Man and Drill Dozer, which most people are more familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. I've never played any of those either. Neither have I actually. Uh, I played a little bit of Pulse Man, I think, once. Which did it remind you of Pokemon music? I don't remember. <laughs> you didn't go. Whoa! This is the this is the same composer from Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Masuda's um, favorite Pokemon is Victini. Victini is pretty good. That's okay. Uh, it's the triple zero Pokemon, which is kind of cool. I mean. It's got nothing. It's got nothing on Porygon. I mean, <laughs> it's very true. Well, should we go through our favorite Pokemon? Yeah, let's do it right now. In fact, right. yeah. It, hey, this is perfect because now I can let you guys know. If anyone listened to the first one, if you saw in the chapter art, um, I hired someone to uh, make a little drawing of the characters from Earthbound Beginnings playing in a bluegrass band. And uh, mm-hmm. now I'm going to have your guys' favorite Pokemon playing in a band, each in the style that you picked. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so and if you, you can, you, the listeners probably have already seen it. But uh, if you look down, you could probably look right now at the chapter art and see it. So just letting you know. So why don't we go ahead and go through our favorite Pokemon? Actually, before we do that, Take a guess as to which Pokemon belongs to which host. Alright, the four Pokemon that we chose are Dragonite, Squirtle, Oddish, and Nidoqueen. I just want to say that three of those Pokemon totally suck. Uh, (laughs) And yours is one of them. Oh, oh, that is incorrect. (laughs) <laughs> uh. No, I agree with you, Adam. It's just that, like, yours is one of them. No, mine <laughs> is the best. <laughs> Everyone knows mine's such, the best. Uh, mine has such well-distributed stats with a move set that complements it just so well. I'm sorry, yeah, I just yeah, gave yeah, it yeah. away. <laughs> it's, you obviously <laughs> chose on it. <laughs> <laughs> well... On that note, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and comment and, and get back to us and do who, who do you think is who. And um, uh, we'll, we'll remind us at the end of the episode. But let's do the final cover song. This is Alex's pick. Mm-hmm. And this was the one that almost made me kill myself. Um, <laughs> because he picked the battle music, which is like the one I was just dreading. I wanted you to pick whatever you wanted. But I, you know, I was. Like, I, the only reason why I picked it was because someone picked Vermilion City. <laughs> I was just like, ah, this one's good <laughs> that enough. That was me. <laughs> so we can blame we can Man, blame Adam. I, I totally, what? I totally would have picked a different one, and then you could have had Vermilion City. That's okay. This worked out okay. I think. Okay. 
So wait, Adams was Silco, wasn't it? Silco yeah, was the evil villain Oops. music. Yeah. <laughs> so here we're gonna play battle music theme. the battle music from Pokemon from when you you know you've heard the song if you haven't heard the song it's amazed that you're listening to this let's just put it that <laughs> why, way why are you listening to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be the weirdest thing anyway so yeah so that was Alex's pick he wanted me to do a ska version of it and uh, it turned out like something I don't know. I, Alex, so you, t- you tell me what you think. Okay. So, I don't think I necessarily... I think I use Ska as, like, a frame of reference because Ska is a frame of reference for most things in my life. But as, as I really just, like, what I originally wanted, which you did totally to a T, is I thought this song would work well if, uh, like, the melody had a heavy horn component and if the bass was utilized. Which is exactly what you did. You, you utilized the melody by using horns. You, you did a strong bass and then you used a piano as sort of like an in-between connecting the two parts. It was just interesting because like... Uh, I mean, G- ska is essentially like elements of jazz and elements of rock put together. But what I like about this is that it's almost like a modernized version of the original song. But with jazzy elements right, to it. Right, right. Like, it's, it's the pianos gives it, like, this jazzy feel I'm really into. Uh, but overall, mm. I would actually say that, like, this is the most faithful of the four. Which is not a good or bad thing. Like, I liked all of them. But I would say this was the most faithful of your four covers to the original song. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it, so- it sounded kind of like, a, like a, a loungy version. Like, if I were in, like, the hotel lounge of, like, a Pokemon hotel. Bossa Nova. And someone would be like playing this song i'd be like you know drinking my poke teeny or whatever probably <laughs> battling like 20 people at the bar because you know that's how pokemon is yeah but yeah i liked it when i was younger i asked my mom if she could get a scientist to make me a lugia <laughs> i just wanted to share that with you guys 
I think I used the phrase, get a scientist. Like, I remember that distinctly from, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sure someone's going to make a sort of illegal, like, game or virtual experience for Oculus at some point. So that'll be pretty good when that happens. You know, I like to imagine baby Alex with this deep voice. Like, five, a nice baritone. years old. Like, ma. <laughs> Find me a scientist. That's exactly what I sounded like. <laughs> a scientist. <laughs> I sounded like Forrest Gump when I was six years old. <laughs> as for the, as for my thoughts on the battle music track, um, yeah, like, a lot of the times I don't really get into the battle music um, by just listening to it, and especially like covers. Like covers can be hit and miss. I think this one is nice because it has a bit of a softer sound to it it's not quite as sharp um all the instruments seem to have a bit of a i don't know can't explain it but like a very soft like small muffle on it or something um it just doesn't seem quite as in your face it seems more relaxed slightly um do you guys get yeah. that from it or it's every every yeah, element like they're just kind of hanging out yeah every element of the soundtrack feels deliberate mm. And so many times with covers, people will be like, oh, let's play it as hard and as fast as we can. And you just feel, like, yeah. so, like, offended. Like, why are you yelling video game music at me? But this was all, like, inviting. Like, oh, come and remember all these, like, moments in your life. Well, thank you. I guess that's the end of the show. But as there's... A, it, we didn't, we to didn't play my... Uh, I had the champion theme, didn't I? Oh, we can close that out. Well, be the last track, maybe. Hey, yeah. Hey, there you go. That'd be perfect. Is that okay with you, yeah, or do you want to talk about it? No, you it's talk I, about it first. I talk chose everything I chose due to an absence of Vermilion City. <laughs> <laughs> the champion it, It's actually good, yeah. like super good. It's it's a perfect like final boss theme. So we have one last song from our listener uh, Alex Kulafi. <laughs> <laughs> this is sent in uh, sent in to the email which I am actually part of okay before we end everything why don't we uh, say goodbye to all of the nice co-hosts we have here that help make this whole thing work uh, Alex thank you for coming on and helping and uh, also if you would have See, I didn't realize Vermilion was like your favorite thing ever, and and if no, it's all you would have got it. Yeah. What? Well, what? Go ahead. Okay. What? Well, what? What? Uh, what genre would you would you have picked for it? Mm. Actually, I think that one might have gone better with ska than uh, the battle theme would have. I. It's like it's a genre oh, yeah, that like that. isn't represented with Pokemon that much, so I. I would choose Ska, regardless of the song you gave me, just to see what you would do with it. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. But also, can I say, cool. uh, it was fantastic to be here. It's been a while since I've been on Connectivity, and I am over the moon that I got to be with you guys to celebrate its 200th episode. So thank you very much for having me. Uh, and always a pleasure, Nick, Perry, and Adam. Thank awesome. you. It's good having you back on Connectivity. You have to do it yeah. a bit more often. <laughs> one day one day one day yeah and adam thank you for being on this segment again as always with connectivity 
Yeah, thank you for having me on here. I can't believe that I've already been on like four episodes of Connectivity. It's crazy, you know, they just blew right past. What? You've been on way more than four episodes Oh, now. yeah, no, I guess. I'm tr- I was trying to count, but then Perry started talking to me, <laughs> and I got lost at four. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm still pretty new here, but it's cool that it's been going for a really long time, and I've been listening for a long time. Um, <laughs> Alex Kulapi, like is on the show with me that gets weird it's it's weird that you're weirded out by that adam (laughs) (laughs) i'm like really that's a big deal that's a really big deal man you've been on the radio before and nick (laughs) i'm going to nick now uh Mm -hmm. thank you for being the uh the spoon that stirs the drink In this podcast. Well, thanks, thanks for uh, still, you know, doing these segments, Perry. I know it's a lot of work for you, but uh, they are they are fun to do every couple of months or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's fun. If once again, if people want to maybe suggest a game to do on a future installment of the Themesters uh, segment, uh, please do that. By uh, you could do it either talkback or via Twitter, which is at Connectivity NWR. You could also send an email requesting. A track which is connectivity. What do you say? Was it, yeah, connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. And we're also now going to put out a an offer for a bonus track for Pokemon. So if someone would like to tweet us or email us a suggestion for a bonus track that Perry will uh, create a cover for and throw it up on the SoundCloud that we have going for the Themesters songs, um, please do that. Uh, and we can enjoy another cover from Perry. Yeah, just uh, it'll take two seconds. Just follow Connectivity, and then you know, and you'll get that tweet, and then just respond to it, and then I'll pick one, or someone will pick one, and then we'll do it, and it'll be really fun. So, all right, well that'll wrap okay. us up then. Thanks guys again for coming on, and I will we'll we will do this again at some point, and yes. uh, at some point, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, guys. See you later. Good night. Slash goodbye. Good day for Nick. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, good, good afternoon.
I don't actually like this song. I don't, I don't think really. So, oh well. <laughs> well, you can't come over <laughs> the then. Silk Nick. It's a great like... way to go into the song. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't really like I didn't mean it to start. I didn't mean it to come off like that too much. In oh, fact, well. when you're this song sucks, Adam. When you're editing this, I pretty much sucks, hate Nick. this song. When you're, you're editing this, can you like have Nick saying, "I don't really like this"? Be the last thing people hear before you start playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff theme i think i use the phrase get a scientist 